With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that 3-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Ah, yes, living the dream once again here on a fabulous Saturday. It is Fox Sports Saturday. Harbin and Schwartz with you once again here in our Fox Sports Radio studios. It is going to be a very busy day today, folks. We are full-blown into the NBA playoffs right now. A couple of Game 7s tomorrow, and then the conference finals will be set. We got NFL news galore, as we always do, and we got some college football news to get to, and, and yes, Major League Baseball as well. In fact, I'm going to start right now. Uh, we're going to have Jeff on here shortly. I got to share an experience last night. Now, it, when you're when you work in the media, I'm I'm, I'm never going to complain about the golden opportunities we have in the media, because if you work on a local basis or a national basis, whatever it may be, you have an opportunity to attend sporting events by sitting in a press box every once in a while. Personally, I have never been a fan yep, of press boxes. Go, yep. There we are. I can hear you, Jeff. I'm here. What's there up? You are. How we, uh, happy I, I, Saturday. I, happy Saturday to you. I'm going to share my Dodger experience, which I shared with you a little bit I, earlier. I'm sorry you have to go to Dodger Stadium. Yes, I know that as a, as a Giants fan. So I, as I was saying <laughs> at the start here, uh, it, it, uh, no one wants to listen to a media guy complain when you, of course, get free tickets or at least free access 
to sporting events due to your press standing. Um, but I've never been a fan of press boxes. And, Jeff, this goes back to my days as the sports editor of the Daily Bruin. Um, I, I went to the – I sat in seats. I mean, I had a credential to go down on the field after the game and get interviews and do my stories. I hate sitting in press boxes. I just – I'm not a well, press box che- fan. You can't cheer – you, you can't cheer. cheer. You just sort of sit there. It's a very stale attitude. And if you especially if you do it a lot and you say, Well, man, you got a free ticket, I'm like, Ugh, don't even don't it, even go there. Um it, 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 the thing about I've been in some press boxes when I've been hurt because they put us in in a box like upstairs. Yeah. Especially if you have a leg injury when you're playing. And so I've walked through like the press box. I've seen it before. And you just it's, it doesn't feel like a game because you're not. just there to work. It's and, exactly it. So I like yeah. to go to games. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not swimming in money. I mean, you know, like a lot of people, apparently. I'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> but I do like to take my, my family to games. Uh, and last night I had an opportunity to take my sons, who are both in their mid-20s now, uh, to Dodger Stadium. I had not been inside Dodger Stadium, Jeff, in about five years. In fact, Vin Scully's last broadcast at Dodger Stadium was the last time I was actually inside Dodger Stadium. So it's, it's been quite a while. So It's been a while for me, too. It's well, it was, yeah. In fact, I didn't recognize a lot of it. They have some new eateries, which, by the way, were pretty good. But I'll get uh, more details on that in a moment. So layout of Dodger Stadium. You know, I've only been there a thousand times, you know, at Dodger <laughs> Stadium over the years. But anyway. So we get to the game and everything else. Turned out to be a, a crazy game. Dodgers lost 12-10. to 10. Uh, hate, uh, Justin Turner happen. hit a two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth to tie it. Place went nuts. Uh, then the Phillies score three in the top of the 10th, and uh, the Phillies get the win. But here, here's where things get crazy. And, and honestly, for people listening out there, I don't know how you do this. I really don't. So uh, we get to the game. Uh, it took a little longer than we expected. We didn't time it out very well, but we got there for the first pitch. So I'm sitting with my two sons, who, by the way, both taller than me, one six two, one six three, big guys and everything else. And uh, they're hungry, obviously, no problem. So I give them my card because you can't use cash. There's no cash anymore at Dodger Stadium. Don't even think about pulling out cash. They will tell you in advance, we do not take cash you have to use a card, whether it's paying for parking or paying for food. You've got to use a card. Fine. So I handed my card, and there was a California pizza kitchen, okay, that was right okay. behind us. I saw it as we went to our seats. So the boys came back with three individual pizzas. I had okay. the uh, barbecue chicken. They had like a pepperoni. Yeah, that's like their specialty. All right. So, that, the so yeah, yeah, exactly. So, the, you know, the individual pieces, you know, it's like four pieces, you know, but big size, you know, yeah. pretty good. Uh, and, and came back with three draft beers, you know, in the plastic cups. All right. Yeah. So the pizzas each. Oh, by the way, it's $30 to park. So that was the $30 parking <laughs> that I used the card the first time I swiped the card, right? $30. They booked it. So the the pizzas each, each $35. <laughs> now, now think think about this. Just when if you were when have you ever spent $35 on any pizza? Uh no, I, I have not. Okay, no. so think about this. So these are the the individual pieces, oh, and yeah, so each yeah. each thirty five dollars. So do the math. That's over a hundred dollars there. And then the beers, the beers were eighteen dollars each. I okay. asked you on the yeah. phone earlier when we talked if yes. these are like special beers. If there's some sort of there was special nothing powers. special. It was okay. it was it was it was a, a beer on tap. All right, okay. so that right there is well over one hundred fifty dollars for pizza and a beer. 
Now, later, the boys decide, let's go see if we can get something else to eat. I hand them the card again. So my oldest son, who was driving, decided not to get a second beer. My younger son did and brought dad a beer. So this time he got like canned beer. You know, they were sixteen fifty each for a can of beer, light beer, by the way. And then they got this nachos thing, okay? And it had chips and it had some cheese. the The thing that stood out there was uh, about, I'd say, a dozen pieces of brisket, a little brisket on top. It was okay. pretty delicious. So, so brisket nachos, yeah, yeah they can so, be very good. $30 for the nachos. Okay. All right. So when we all add it all up between, you know, having some nachos, a little pizza, and a couple of beers and parking, that's $250 on top of the cost of the tickets. I won't get into that, but they were field level down the right field line. But what's, what's amazing to me is, you know, fine, you know, I'm there. I want to have a good time. And we had a great time. Okay. We had a good time. The food was pretty good. So I can't complain about it. But the cost seems a little steep. When I start looking around, Jeff, and I'm looking at all these people, and they're knocking down these $18 beers like they're waters, right? I mean, you know how these crowds are. They're just oh, knocking yeah, yeah. one after another. Where does all this money cut? Is everybody wealthy in this? There must be an insane amount of wealth in this country for these people to so cavalierly, you know, spend all this money sticking those credit cards into the slot and and downing all these beers. I, I just I'm amazed by it. You know, I had a good time, but I can't. I could maybe once a year. You know, you could pull something off like this, and I'm I'm always amazed. These people must have just unlimited money, and I don't know how that's possible. It's just funny that you mentioned this because last time I was in town a couple weekends ago, Danny G and I had this exact conversation because he went to a Dodger game opening weekend, I believe it was. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Danny. And he spent the same amount, of, like ridiculous amounts of money, to go to a game, and they're just pricing out the average fan. Um, but they're and, not. That's the that's the crazy. Well, I, I well, would think because uh, of the cost. Look, it was a packed house. It wasn't a full full house, but forty thousand easy at Dodger Stadium last night, and I'm. I'm sitting in a huge crowd down the right field. Everyone is just, you know, coming back and more food, alcohol, lots of alcohol. An outrageous price. I don't know. Danny, are you yeah. one of those guys that has unlimited money where you can spend this kind of money at a game? I don't know. I Once mean- or twice a year because Jeff is right. We went to opening night and took two kids, so it was four of us, right. counting the parking tickets and the food. Right. $875. Right. Exactly. <laughs> It's it's the, and the thing about taking kids. I, I it's um I'm taking my kid tonight to a minor league baseball game here in, in Charlotte. The AAA right. team is the White Sox team, and that's perfect. There's a, there's a school function there, so I'm taking my son with with his friends, and they eat the entire time. Like my son will eat the entire if we're there six innings, probably six or seven innings. We'll probably leave about nine. Um, he'll eat the entire time. Now, luckily, there's a minor league stadium. The tickets are actually a little pricey for my blood, but the food's not bad. Like it's not going to be thirty five dollars for a pizza. He's going to get. But right. if you take kids, they eat the entire time. Like, like not your old age kids, but like little. Like that's how you keep them entertained. They just eat stuff they never eat at home. My kid doesn't get con candy. At home, ever he gets it right, at the ballpark. Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, Danny. Uh, are, are you amazed? Like I'm, like, I'm sitting, you know, with a lot of good fans out there, and you know, I'm just thinking, and they're knocking down beers, you know, at eighteen bucks a pop, like they're uh, like bottles of water. I mean, 
Does everyone just have an insane <laughs> amount of money? Is is it me or? It's not just you. My fiance and I, we had the same exact conversation because we were watching the people in our row getting up, getting more beer, coming back, getting another beer, and we only had budget to get two. Because when I got two and a bag of seeds, I walked up to the cash register finally after this half hour line, and the guy told me the total was thirty two ninety nine for two beers and a bag of seeds. Again, and they, and they were the cheapest beer. Eighteen dollars a beer, and individual yeah. pizzas are thirty-five dollars each. That's just crazy. In Mercedes-Benz Stadium, yeah. which is in Atlanta, uh, not to be confused with the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, which is in New Orleans. Um, the you know the Falcons, and I guess you know the, the FC team there as well. You know they they have two dollar hot dogs and three dollar right. and three dollar burgers, and I think that's a model that should be adopted because you're not getting. You're not making that much money on concessions. Yeah. And so I think it makes it a much more fan-friendly environment when you're able to offer um, food items at um, a pretty, you know, a, a, a decent clip so so people that go to games can afford it. I, I don't I'm, – I'm with you guys. I don't – I don't get why it needs to be so expensive. <laughs> well, and, and the thing about it is, now I will say this, the quality, like, you know, a place like California Pizza Kitchen, they delivered, they, it was tasty. It was tastes like a, you know, a California Pizza is, Kitchen. Is, at ballparks has gone, I remember as a kid, like, Yoshinoya Beef Bowl was like the, was like a, the right. premier food yeah. at a Dodger game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the food was fine, but, you know, and I'll say this, the food at Dodger Stadium was a vast improvement over that SoFi. That's just garbage. That's not, I mean, that's not even edible. Uh, and they're charging those outrageous prices. So I don't know if the fans continue to put up with it. They're going to continue to do it. I mean, it's simple as that. I mean, you know, you're captive. You can't bring any food in. We saw one woman as she was trying to get in uh, was being accosted because she had a water in her purse, and uh, yeah. you know, and uh, she was like almost taken away. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I, 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 I'm I, like, I haven't been like wow. I haven't been to. I guess that was a couple. The last. Was at the Super Bowl, but I don't I don't eat very much at stadiums. I try purposely like don't because the food a lot of times I don't know, it's just like blind, it's so expensive. Like Right. I you just you, you eat it's always smart to eat ahead of time. Like all like tonight I'll have to do it because we'll get off the show and we'll go right. right to the game. Yeah. But I'll just it's a minor league stadium. Hopefully. I don't even look at the prices. I, I don't think they're that bad. Mm. But the, and the last game I was at, I think, was like the Super Bowl. And I don't remember in Miami the prices being like expensive as they are at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, I mean, and again, I like to share the fan experience. And I was there, and again, when Justin Turner tied the game with a two-run homer, bottom of the ninth, man, crowd was going nuts, and I was into it. I love that. That's why I like to be one of the fans and just go with my sons or my daughter, whoever, uh, and enjoy the game. But uh, it just amazes me. I just, I guess they're getting away with it because I What's a Dodger dog? How much is a oh, dog? I didn't even look. Ten bucks. Look. Coke was ten. And Steve, you were talking about 35 bucks. We were amazed because we got two taquito plates. Yeah, those were each thirty dollars. Thirty dollars, yeah. And so we had the we yeah. had the the nachos, <laughs> which basically had about I I think I counted uh, chopped up, and the brisket was decent. It was good, but probably about twelve pieces of brisket yeah, with cheese sauce ounces, and a few jalapenos and some chips, and it was $30. Yeah. And when I said I got that bear and seeds, I put one back. Yeah. I put mine back. So it's to the point where it's like you're shopping at Target and you get too much, you start putting <laughs> it away, start putting some of it back before you check out. I mean, it's turning into what used to be Staples Center. I felt like I was at an NBA game. Yeah, it's they just need- amazing. But again, as long as the fans are willing to pay the price, they're going to continue to charge. It's very simple. They Supply and demand. Back that. Danny, how much was the all-you-can-eat bleacher? Oh, uh, yeah, 30 that. bucks. Yeah. yeah. 30 bucks all you can eat. 
Um, I don't think it was all you can drink, but it was all yeah. you can eat. All you could eat. Yeah. I think sodas, too, were all you could drink sodas. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was soda and hot dogs. Well, look what Atlanta did, right? Atlanta's still, what, are they still doing those $2 they are. charges? Yeah, yep. yep. And, they, and they turned a huge profit. Remember, that was a big story, how they turned a huge profit with their $2 price tag on, you know, the basics. You know, whether it's a, a soft drink or a hot dog or whatever it might be, and it, it worked out for them. So, I don't know. There's uh, got to be some family nights and some family packages available. There has Come well, on, well, MLB. Tonight, well, well like, tonight, like, for the, this minor league baseball game, I've, I've found the prices to be excessive at times. Like, when if you want to have a decent seat, and typically uh, it's hot in the sun, in the south, I try to get a shade seat when I can. It's very expensive. But tonight, they're, like, they were $19. And it was school discount. I was, like, pumped. I was, like, yes, $19 for a minor league game. Like, that... Seems maybe expensive, but it was. I was super pumped. They're nineteen dollars. Yeah. The, Dodgers need to do that. <laughs> I just. I was just. So nineteen dollars. I, I was flabbergasted because I. I'm thinking about to my first Dodger game. Believe me, really dating myself. I saw Sandy Koufax pitch in 1966. Uh, in those days, they had. Wow. The, you remember the frozen malts, the carnation with the pl- uh, with the little wood spoon. This is even yeah. before your time. And you would no, sort of no, scrape it had, and it'd sort of thaw out. And they had those at the Rose Bowl. The, the, right. the lemonade. Frozen those lemonades. are those yeah. are the best. Absolute best back in the day but uh, yeah long way away from that all right let's get started with a big day to i just had to share that because i'm sharing the fan experience maybe i'm everyone's like ah man forget it man we all pay that no big deal okay well maybe so but i mean i was i was a state of sticker shock last night all right on the other side we got not one but two game sevens set for the nba playoffs tomorrow as we get ready for the final four for these nba playoffs got a full update coming up next fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. All right, before we get to uh, the dynamic of these NBA playoffs, which, uh, you know, we get two Game 7s. It's always great to get Game 7s. We have a couple of them tomorrow. I want to mention something right now, and I know some people are not going to be happy, but I just, I got to throw it out there. And, um, you know, the NBA ratings have been really good, Jeff, and I think uh, a big part of that has just been the fact that the NBA has made a wise choice to let's just focus on the basketball without some of the outside noise um, because the basketball has been good. And we see the emergence of a lot of great young players. I mean, it was really hard to see Jean Morant go down with that injury to end his postseason. But we've really seen a lot of great talent, and it, it does show there's a lot of future uh, good times for the NBA. But you know what I'm talking about. the yeah. Some of the controversies that the NBA has been involved with, um, I think, has alienated a certain amount of people, right or wrong. Uh, and if you just let the game speak for itself and we get back, and I know people are saying, oh, man, you know, well, there's, I, I'm not, I'm just saying, let, let the game speak for itself. And people will watch because it's entertaining. I mean, this yeah. is we make choices, right? We, we make choices on how we spend our viewing time, whether we're watching a certain movie or a certain genre of television show, whatever. We all have choices, and the same thing holds true for sports. And if you enjoy the best basketball players in the world on the court together, and that's all we're really watching, to me – and to a lot of people, I think that's what's most appealing about the NBA. And the reason I mention this, and I just, I know I'm going to get a, a little pushback on this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, the NBA had a big announcement this week that they were going to stage games in the United Arab Emirates, some preseason games, which is fine, except it's like, well, hold on a second. In your backyard in Carolina and Charlotte, they lost an NBA All-Star game after that bathroom bill, the discriminatory for yeah. the LGBTQ community, and the NBA got out of that, and Charlotte lost their All-Star game because we, we, of that. We did eventually get it back, but yeah, we lost yeah. it for a couple of years, yeah. Correct. And then, you know, and here was the NBA with United Arab Emirates, and I don't have to, you know, I think this is well yeah. known how their stance is about, you know, the LGBTQ community. So I, 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 is it hypocrisy? I don't know. Look at everything's about money. I mean, if you have a, an opportunity to expand your league, it's all that, but it just, it just seems like that's been my frustration with a lot of the decisions being made in the NBA where it's, it's one set of rules for here in the United States and yet, when you're dealing with foreign people, they're paying a lot of money into the NBA because obviously yeah. it's a product they can sell. They seem to be living by a different standard. So I, I don't know where you go with this. It just seemed like this <laughs> yeah. this story sort of floated yeah. under the radar. And I'm like, have have we forgotten what the NBA and was applauded, by the way, to take a hard stand against Charlotte and, and the state of North Carolina because of this discriminatory bill against the LGBT community. And uh, here you are agreeing yeah. to play games and making a, a huge headline out of it with the United Arab Emirates. And you're like, what's going on here? 
I, I did see that headline. I forget what day what day it was. I saw a tweet about it. I thought to myself, that, that's kind of odd. Yeah. That, like, what's the point of that? Now, the point, obviously, is to grow the game internationally because, you know, the NBA, I think, is um, a game in, in our country, at least, that has the most international influence, right? I mean, they, you know, they played games in, in China, obviously, with the international players that come from all over the world that play um, in the NBA. It's different than the NFL. It's a little baseball's on the same track, but baseball's not, I don't think, as popular in, in Europe, right? Uh, and in the in the East. So to me, um, look, I get what you're saying. It's about the money and, but maybe, maybe they've changed their stance and I, I, I don't know, man. I, I do. I don't think you. the NBA is condoning that. They no, don't want to go no, there. Not. But I what, mean, but I think they're hoping that people maybe forget about it between <laughs> now and then, which is, a way, which is the way I think a lot of sports leagues operate is they just like hope that the NFL definitely does this, right? Well, like, the NBA is not alone. The NFL loves to you to have a short memory major, all these, all these oh, major sport do. leagues. Uh, and, and we'll get into that. All right. I want to get back to the basketball though. And I want to just they're touch good. on something right now. Uh, by the way, uh, Jason Tatum, what a game! We were knocking about him about his no show in Game Five at home against Milwaukee. Then he goes to Milwaukee and absolutely lights it up. Uh, so we had a Game Seven in the series. I tell you what, I'm going to save it for the other side. Okay, I want to get your thoughts on the the two Game Sevens and the potential matchups we're looking at as far as the Conference Finals in the NBA. It's been great basketball, that I know. All right, first let's find out what's trending right now. Let's welcome aboard. Look who's here. It's Ralph Irvin. Ralphie, how are you today? I am glorious, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on our discussion? I do have a thought on the discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk about Jason Tatum no showing in Game 5 and then showing up in Game 6, it's kind of like Jeff Schwartz golf game. Showed up oh, on the first hole. I had a birdie. Then, oh, God. And then takes the rest of the way. Dude, okay, so normally I play this real public this public course in Charlotte that I love. It's You really can't screw up, right? Giant fairways. It's not even like a – the grass is all one length. Like, there's no rough or anything. Right. And I went to a real golf course yesterday where you have to actually, like, okay, hit it to this spot yeah. or you're in trouble. And – I'm not good at that, but I buried the first hole. That's my second birdie ever. I don't really bury a lot of holes. My putting is just atrocious. And I buried this hole, and um, then it, I shot a, a 108. So, 108. The birdie, the so you birdie, had uh, visions of grandeur, obviously, after the first hole. What happened on the second hole? I had uh, a double, probably. Yeah. I doubled most of them. I had, um, in a three-hole stretch, three stretch, I had 11 putts. 11 so, putts. Um, I'm with my, you right now. Good. That Putting's is the part problem. of my game that has completely disappeared. It's putting is if I cut down. Obviously, everyone says this. Right? If you cut down on the putting, I'd be in the 90s somewhere most likely. Because I yeah. can I can hit it pretty straight off the fairway. My second shot's normally pretty good. It's 50 yards in, which is everyone's problem. See, I'm at the point now. Good. If you're like 25 feet, I pick it up and I said, just give me three putts. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's a bonus. It would seem a I, lot not of time even for a two, me, I'll tell you not that. even a two putt. I'm I'm, I'm just, just give me three <laughs> from 25 and I'll take it. My my analysis is simple. Mm. Uh, Jeff, you might be getting hooked. I just, just, just warning you. Wow, you might be getting hooked. Yeah, you're feeling like you want to play more golf. Also. Well, I don't have so I don't play golf from August till March. I don't have time, yeah. so um, I just don't really. I just play now. I mostly play on Fridays, and um, yeah, I like I like golfing. I, I like going out there. I like giving it a go. I, I try to be better because I'm competitive. But I I would take lessons if I played more regularly. But I I play seven to ten times a year at the most, and I don't 
want to take lessons to not, not play during football season. I don't have time during football season. Yeah, competitiveness is not a good thing because that's bit me. I'm going to play in a tournament next week, and all I want is to not finish last. Yes. Well, very good. Well, very I good. mean, this is a man, again, Jeff, when we talk about Ralph, who dominated St. Andrews, you know, parring the final two holes at St. Andrews. Wow. 17 and 18. What's okay. your handicap? Uh, about an eight. Yeah. I was playing with someone yesterday whose handicap was 11, and he said that it used to be seven, but it went down, it went up to 11. He was very upset, and then he shot like a 80. So yeah, that's was, about what it's like with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was good. It was, it was impressive. Well, you know what else is impressive? St. Louis, who came in having lost four of their last five games, holding a two nothing lead over the Giants. They're in the top of the seventh. But the bases are loaded for San Francisco there in the top of the seventh, so that deficit may be short-lived. Atlanta taking an early one nothing lead over the Padres in the second inning. Matt Olson, a solo home run there for the Braves. The Angels score in the first. Shohei Otani drives in a run. They have a one nothing lead over Oakland. That is in the second inning. And Baltimore and Detroit scoreless in the second. About to get started in Raleigh, Game 7 of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs as the Carolina Hurricanes host the Boston Bruins. Two more Game 7s coming up later. But now it is time for Steve Hartman, Jeff Schwartz on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Ralph, thanks so much. We'll talk to you a little bit later on. So tomorrow, two Game 7s, Bucks at the Celtics, Mavs at the Suns. Uh, by the way, that Suns line is moving since the start of the show. It opened, I, at first, I saw six. It's up to six and a half. Phoenix yeah. right now. Boston's a five-point favorite over the Bucs. Um, Ryan Hollins, who preceded us with Mark Willer here on Fox Sports Radio, taking the road dogs in both of these games right now. Let's start with the Bucks and Celtics, though, yeah. uh, in what has been a very interesting series. you got to keep reminding yourself – the Milwaukee Bucks are the defending NBA champions, yep. but they've been without Middleton, and Giannis has been his usual stupendous self. Uh, Drew Holiday's played outstanding for them, but last night, a chance to wrap it up at home against the Celtics, and Jason Tatum, who was a no-show in Game 5, came up huge in Game 6. So now it goes back to Boston. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on this series? Because I, I, w- I, wasn't, I didn't really know what to make of this series. Teams had the same record this year, 51-31. and 31. Tiebreaker gave the Celtics the home court advantage, uh, but this has been a series with a lot of unexpected twists and turns. It, it has, and I'll tell you what: I was watching the early part of Game Five, and when I saw Boston was up by a certain amount, I don't know, 12, 13, the fourth quarter, I was like, "This game's over." And I checked the score back later, and and Milwaukee had won. And I thought that the Game Six was was going to be the Bucks for that reason, right? Boston had blown a big lead at home. Going back to to Milwaukee, where where they're very good at, as a home team, and it just wasn't going to happen. It was going to be Milwaukee's game, and it just it just wasn't. It really it wasn't close for most of of the second half. The Bucks got it, I think, within three or four, and then Tatum went off, and it, it felt it's one of those games where when you're watching Tatum play, you're 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 yelling to yourself. And I I did bet on the Bucks, and I was rooting for the Bucks. It's like is you know you're like guard that guy like put someone on him and it didn't matter it didn't eat 46 points he made seven three-pointers it did not matter he came up big in in a in a way that i think a lot of us didn't expect this this many points from him um but Giannis also <laughs> he was 44 points 20 rebounds and yeah. six assists it, it, so it, he is he is he's unbelievable so the way i look at game seven is this right i know mm-hmm. that they're going back to boston 
and this is why I think Ryan Hollins is taking the points, and I think I'm with him on this one, is in Game 7, I tend to lean on who the best player is, right? And Giannis is the best player in the series. Tatum can be this good, right? But I feel comfortable saying Giannis is going to get 35 points or more. He's going to get 15 rebounds or more. Like, he will come now. Will the rest of his team show up? Will Holiday show up? Will they find someone else to shoot the ball effectively from the three-point line? They, they missed a lot of threes yesterday. Um, it, it important, you know, seven or twenty nine from from three. A lot of open threes they missed, um, but I get the best player in the series, and I get five points. That's why I lean toward Milwaukee. I think Boston can certainly win the game, but I'm wagering on the game. I'm wagering on the best player. And that's still Giannis in this series. Right. And, and people are saying, well, wait a second. You say Tatum no-showed in game five. He had 34 points. Yeah, but he was two for 11 three-point shooting. Uh, 12 of 29 overall. Took a lot of shots. Missed a lot of shots in a game that they lost by three at home. So was he the difference? Yeah, he was the difference because he's your, he's your top gun. Um, you know, we're, we're reminded. Had, he has had this series, though. He's had like. Game game three, they lost by two, right? He had ten points. Yeah, he had that ten three. point he's game. Kind of like this up and down series. So to your, to our points, I think is like, yeah, he's had 30, 34, and forty six the last three games. But are we certain we're getting thirty points right in game seven? I'm not certain on it, um, but I know Giannis will bring his A game. Well, all you have to do is look at this series, uh, and no team has won two consecutive games. It's been a great series. So you know, it's been uh, it's been a series that has alternated wins throughout the series. So if that's the case, uh, then I guess Milwaukee's due for a win here uh, in a game seven at Boston, which would be a mighty blow indeed for the Celtics, uh, but unless they come up with an answer for Giannis. And you know, I know there's a lot of controversy about NBA most valuable player, and most people thought it would come down between Jokic and Embiid. Uh, Embiid already has spoken. By the way, that award has not actually been officially announced. You know, Wojnarowski broke the story last week that he had some inside word that Jokic actually had won the MVP award. It has not been announced by the NBA. It will be announced coming up this week. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure Jokic will end up doing it. I think he was historical uh, in the kind of season he has. But as good yeah. as he and Embiid are, I mean, seriously, uh, if you had a choice of players, where, where is where is Giannis on your list? I mean, he's ahead. He's ahead of him. I mean, um, both ends of the court, right? Yeah, I mean, it does, it there's just, no player it, like Giannis yeah. in this league in terms of no. what they bring at both ends of the court. I'm so amazed when Giannis just gets going and he's able just to barrel into the lane. And I know that Boston fans and a lot of people want there to be more charges called. I get that. Um, but I think his ability to avoid head-on contact because he's so long, able to kind of move around yeah. defenders, allows him to not have as many offensive fouls as it, it would appear he's going to have. He's made, and he's also making his foul shots. Like it, He's just tough to defend. And again... I get the best player in a game seven. I, I wouldn't. I I don't feel. I don't know who's going to win the game. I, I probably wouldn't. I probably take the home team in game seven. But the points. If we're talking about game. I get why Ryan Hollins again is backing the better player um, in this series. And that's Giannis. Last four games in this series for Giannis: 42, 34, 40, and forty-four. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rebounds: 12, 18, 11, and twenty. Assists: eight, five, three, and six. 
Yeah, um, I mean, incredible. this is just absolutely amazing. And again, without Middleton right now, uh, putting on the show key here for the Bucks if they're going to win this game seven in Boston. Obviously, they got to get offensive production out of Holiday. If he if he scores twenty plus, that's good. And they got to get some kind of production from their bench. I mean, whether it's Portis, somebody's got to step up and put some points on the board. Otherwise, it will be the Celtics moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. All right, I'm going to break a little early because I want to get a little more time on the other side here uh, and talk about a team that is not going to be in the Conference Finals, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers. (laughs) A lot of controversy swirling about Philadelphia right now after their loss at home to the Heat that ended their season. Doc Rivers... The Beard, James Harden, comments by Embiid. We'll break it all down for you coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harvin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. So after tomorrow, the uh, conference finals will be set in the NBA. Two teams that are already checked in are the Miami Heat and the Golden State Warriors. Now, the Heat got there after eliminating the Philadelphia 76ers uh, 99-90 in Philadelphia. It was a rather uninspired uh, performance by the Sixers, to say the least. I got a quick question before we talk about the Harden situation and Bede and everything else. All right, so did you watch the fourth quarter of that game? It was, you know, blowout city. The Heat had actually taken a 19-point lead. So they were up at this point, let's see, it was 89-70 to 70 with seven minutes to go, right? So you're up 19, what, what seven minutes this? to go. This is what game game six, the final game between the Heat and the Sixers. All right? I think so. All right, so I'm looking at it right now. So uh, Jimmy Butler scored on a dunk, made it 89-70 to 70 with seven minutes to go in the game. Uh, and by all, all accounts, it's over. But you, I don't know if you watched the end of this game because Tyrese Maxey uh, for Philadelphia was playing out of his mind. Like, he seemed to be the one guy that says, no, this is not over. And he was that, all yes. over the place. He's making shots. He's doing hustle plays. He's almost single-handedly bringing them back. And so with 29.5 seconds left, the Sixers score to cut the lead to nine. All right, 29 and a half seconds to go. It's a three-possession game. What did Doc Rivers tell his team to do? 
stand around and watch Miami run off 24 seconds without playing any defense. They literally ran out the 24-second clock down to five and a half seconds to go, and that was the game. And I'm watching thinking, I don't know, It's you're on your home court, right? And you've got some players out there, whether the game is winnable, it's a three-possession game with 30 seconds to go. Yeah, it would be a miracle, but we've seen miracles, right? We've seen miracles. And you allow your team on your home court to just run out. The, I would, it was, I was blown away by this. I'm not a Doc Rivers fan. I think it's pretty obvious about that. I mean, I, you know, they, you know, Maury's like, oh yeah, Doc will be back. Really, really. I, I just, I think he's so vastly overrated uh, as a coach. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, the Sixers are gone. Let's talk about the situation. Of course, the second half that everybody's talking about as the beard zero points. In the second half, a complete no-show, yeah. two shots in the second half. And, of course, you you mortgaged everything to get him, traded away Ben Simmons, multiple picks and everything else. You really don't have a choice. You made the commitment through the trade to get James Harden. I guess you got to give him a deal. Where does that put the Sixers? <laughs> I mean, not, not, not a good spot, right? I mean, there's a lot of players in the NBA with some of these bloated salaries. And again, I'm not advocating for players not to get paid. I mean, all, all four, but we're talking about roster construction. And I think they almost have to like ask to, to it's not gonna, why would he take less or spread it out over a couple of years? I don't know what they want to do, but he's due like $46 million, I believe, right? Uh, and season. $47 million next year. It's a player and, option. It's the same amount that uh, Westbrook has with the Lakers. Uh, Look, um, I, I think we have to come to the conclusion, and Joel Embiid is saying this himself. So it's not I'm not making this up, and I think they feel it. Well, Harden is not what he used to be, right? So you can't right. you can't pay him to be what he used to be. Just like Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, shouldn't make that much money if we're trying to construct a team, a winning team. Um, but he's going to take the team option, of course. I mean, the player option, of course. I, I need to convince him not to. He's $47 million. And then what do you do next year again? Right? You're going to be the same exact situation. You're going to have enough wins to make the playoffs because Embiid is fantastic. And then it, you you will not have surrounded him with enough talent because of this bloated contract. Like That's what they're in for. And this is the issue, I think, at times with chasing older veteran players. The Lakers have the same problem as well. Chasing older veteran players in hopes that their magic of their yesteryear seasons return, right? And it happens all over sports, and it happens a lot in the NBA, where, again, Harden was fantastic for so many years, and the Sixers thought they would get X version of him, and it's not what he is anymore. And they, they didn't get duped. They, they, they traded for him, but he's not that guy anymore, Steve, and that, that's the problem. So I was I was reading uh, the, the trade possibilities are all over the place, right? Uh, talking about whether or not they want to make a commitment who's, to James Harden. Contract on all right. So I was seeing here. What is this uh, fan cited here? Some guy, uh, Jason Reed. I've I've talked to Jason Reed before. Yeah. All right. So he had a proposal for a three team deal that would rid the Lakers of Russell Westbrook and rid the Sixers of James Harden. So you ready for this deal? Is this the one where where they get the Lakers get Zach Levine? No, there's not okay. Zach Levine. The third team in this deal is the Knicks. 
Okay, so you got <laughs> so you got the Lakers end up with James Harden, and oh, they get a pick swap in twenty twenty eight with the Knicks. The Knicks get oh. Russell Westbrook, a first from the Lakers in twenty seven in that pick swap, and then the Sixers end up getting Julius Randle and Evan Fournier uh, in the deal. That's that's the three team oh, deal. Oh. So their feeling like is is that if Westbrook didn't work with LeBron and AD which is hard to say because they were out of the lineup so much, unlike Westbrook, who was in the lineup every game. Um, would Harden be a better fit for the Lakers than Russell Westbrook? Or, I mean, on the surface, I, to me, it would be almost a wash, right? Well, if Does Harden, Harden fit better well, with LeBron he, he, and AD than Russell Westbrook? Well, here's, here's how he could. If he turns his game into being a spot-up shooter, or or just or turns this game into almost like Clay does, right? One or two dribbles, get yourself into an open shot for a three pointer. If he turned himself into that type of player, because that can happen with shooters, right? You you gotta enter this next phase of your career, then yes, absolutely he fits with Los Angeles because they need players that can shoot the three. But at forty seven million dollars, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's but his but if he decides to say hey look I'm just going to turn myself into a spot up shooter I'm not going to be a guy who needs the ball to score. I'm not a guy that, that, that that's going to ISO for 15 seconds and throw up a three. I'm going to stand in a certain spot. If I get the ball, I'm going to shoot it. If not, one or two dribbles, shoot it, pass it. If, if I that's what the player that he can become, then yes, the Lakers could use a guy like that because they need a shooter. But again, 47 million dollars you want. I would imagine someone who plays better defense and someone that you that you're sure um, cares about winning as much as the rest of the team does. So again, when you go back to the deal that the Nets and the Sixers had to bring James Harden to Philadelphia and, of course, deal Ben Simmons to Brooklyn where he's yet to play a game and now that he's getting back surgery, I guess – did he have the surgery? I think he had I it. Don't anyway. know. I, I, I mean, I, so remember, this was Harden and Millsap to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. I mean, everyone's talking about how the Nets fleeced the Sixers in this deal, and I'm like, we haven't even seen Ben Simmons play a game yet for the Nets. Um, and the argument, I guess, with James Harden is, is that is it fair to judge him on a half season? Where you go to a team that you're not familiar with, trying to fit in with Embiid, um, new coach and everything else, is it fair to judge him on what we saw in a half season? Or should you, of course, the problem is you got to give him a big deal. Now, he's, he's going to be under contract next year, but still, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is a little premature to say that it's Harden's nuts. a bust. It's not. I don't know if he's a busty, but he's, it's not premature to judge what we've seen from the last couple of years. Uh, absolutely not. So... Um, and if you're paying someone forty-seven million dollars, you should judge them how they played the last year and project them out. Obviously, they, absolutely, it matters how he did this season. All right. So on the other side, I want to get to some big college football news coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Rolling on on this Saturday here, Fox Sports Saturday. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz with you. And like everybody else right now, we are continuing to cover a wide variety of subject matter. Talked a lot of NBA and getting ready for those two game sevens tomorrow. Then we're on to the conference finals. Haven't even really talked much about those Golden State Warriors. We'll get to, the, get to that a little bit later on. Also, uh, Adam Kaplan's going to be joining us. We'll talk some NFL football later on in the show. Uh, but if you've listened to this show, you know that Jeff and I are both the big college football guys. And we've had uh, several conversations in recent weeks, Jeff, about the future of college football. Yes. And then all of a sudden, we heard another story break this week out of the ACC. And this had to do with the elimination of divisions. Yes. No more divisions in the ACC. So they're mulling what they're calling a 355 college football scheduling model. So the way this is working is you have a 12-game schedule. Four games are non-conference games. That will remain the same. You will then have what we call three rivalry games that will be on your schedule every single year. And then yes. the other five games within your conference will alternate. Five teams one year, yes. different five the next year. Now, this is back in your neck of the woods right now, so I want to get your yeah. uh, in-house opinion on exactly why this deal was made and are we going to see other conferences mull the idea of the elimination of the division? This doesn't mean the elimination of a conference championship game, yeah. but it the whole idea of you know one division winner versus the other division winner for a conference championship uh, as opposed to just the top two teams. By the way, I want to get to other conferences here shortly on how this actually makes a whole lot of sense if they went to the same format. But what was the buzz in the Carolina area about this announcement? by the ACC. It's going to happen everywhere. And I love this. Um, what it does is it makes the competition more even, in my opinion, and it allows you to have your two best teams playing in a conference championship game. Yes. And when and now, now to be fair, for the most part, that sort of already happens. Not right? always. Out, Big not Ten. Always. Uh, uh, the Big Ten is the one who re really doesn't happen, right? The right. ACC it does. The Pac-12, for the most part, it has. The, the SEC, for the most part, because Georgia and Alabama are on different sides, right. it has. Um, but, but what it does, and this has to go along with everyone playing the same amount of conference games, okay? Yeah. Because right now, the SEC plays eight. The ACC plays nine. The Pac-12 plays nine. And I, and I know that, that you know the Pac-12, for example, because that's what I know best. That's what I cover full-time. Uh, you know, they, they're against... They have been, at least. Now, we have a new commissioner who's been on the job almost a year now, so maybe he feels differently. But the sentiment is always, if we lose a conference game, we lose revenue, right? For for that, And how are we going to make up that revenue? But my point is, 
you make up that revenue by by being in playoff games. <laughs> like that's how you make the revenue up. And this model will help out, in my opinion, getting more teams into a playoff, especially if it expands to a 12-team playoff. You're going to have your two best teams playing possibly again in a championship game where a winner loss in that game is not going to take one of those teams out of the playoff, right? Where right now, if if the in, in the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or SEC, if there's an upset, which again, doesn't happen as often, but let's say that there is a situation like this year where a nine-win team ends up winning a division and they upset the 11-win team in a championship game. That means both teams are out of the playoff, right? And in the new system, that both teams are probably in the playoff because that nine-win team is not actually in that game, right? And so it can even be an eight-win team, whatever you want to say. I, I think this is great. Um, I like the, the scheduling model of you play your rivals, so it's really easy out west, right? The four Pacific Northwest schools play each other, the four California schools, you know, Arizona and Utah and Colorado, and you play that pot each year, and then you rotate around, and it allows yourself an opportunity to play every team every two years at least. Right. You play in, in a, if you're there at school for four years, you get to go home and away at both places, and I like. I think scheduling had needs to be more uniform around um, around football, and it needs to be where everyone has a non conference game that's tough, in my opinion, um, or no non conference games that are tough. In the middle is kind of not a, a great place to be, and I'm hoping with some of the scheduling talk, there's some talk about you know making these the non conference like also more uniform. But um, that was just like a a, a tip of the iceberg for news. In, in the NCAA. Well, I, I want to I, I want to follow up one thing quickly here. Yeah. Now you mentioned when we talk about the three rivals that remain on your yes. you know schedule, and as you said, the Pac-12 is easy to figure out. You know, yeah. the Oregon schools with the Washington schools, no Cal, SoCal. Yeah. You know, the Arizona schools with Colorado and Utah. With but I saw schools, yeah. this uh, Wake Forest coach Dave Clawson said. Look, you're never going to come up with a model that all 14 schools are happy with. We played North Carolina State 105 years in a row. And if you go to that model, we're not maybe part of that annual rivalry. I mean, there will be some rivalries that are eliminating the ACC. Yeah. I mean, um, it's like we, well, we have well, played NC State 105 well, why, years in a row. Would, we, they may not be one of our top three rivals. Wouldn't I mean, wouldn't it make sense? Wouldn't you have like Wake, North Carolina, NC State all in one pod with and you throw in a fourth team in there? Doesn't that feel like what? It would be. I don't. Why would they not be in the pod with the Carolina schools? Oh, where's Duke? Or have, there you go. You have those four teams right there. There's four. I mean, teams. you have Duke, North Carolina, NC State, and Wake. So what? Yeah, that, that would be a pod, obviously, I mean, lo, uh, by location. No. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the thing about it is, though, like in the Pac-12, you have 12 schools. So if you're doing a pod of four, that's very easy math. Oh, oh. But when you, you have pod, 14 schools, yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean I'm somebody's going to get threes, left yeah. out. I don't know. I mean, the thing about rivalries, it's amazing to me. I remember when uh, Nebraska bolted uh, the Big Eight, Big Twelve, as eventually it became, to go to the Big Ten. And it's like, you mean Nebraska, Oklahoma doesn't exist anymore? Nebraska, Colorado. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but I mean, Nebraska, Oklahoma, literally was one of the marquee matchups yeah, and in just, college football for three decades, and it just ended. Like, there's there's a possibility, I think, very soon that like USC and Notre Dame don't play anymore, right? And that's just gonna that's just what it's gonna become. I don't know about. I mean, well, it depends on what Notre Dame's gonna do. I mean, do you do you honestly believe through all these changes that we've been talking about as we move forward in college football and you know, the, I mean, the dissolve between the relationship between the FBS and the NCA and all this other stuff. 
do you honestly see a day where Notre Dame USC, the greatest intersectional rivalry in the history of college football, could actually disappear? And how does Notre Dame hold on to its independent status? Is that even well, that, is that even more... conceivable in the direction that we're going right now? The, the reason why they're fighting for that is is very clear, right? The, the revenue difference and being independent, but also they're guaranteed to basically a playoff spot every year in a 12-team playoff being independent because of their schedule, which is tough. I mean, it can be tough, right? But basically just because they don't have a conference championship game and, and it's one less game to play. And um, I certainly think that that definitely helps them with getting into playoff each year. Look, the rivalry thing would go away if a, if there's a different scheduling model, right? And I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know, I get a situation where USC just says, you know what? It makes it tougher for us to make a playoff each year if we play Notre Dame. Like this thing about about the scheduling, I talked about this on my show the the other day. So this year, Utah and Oregon, and Oregon's not a playoff team this year, but Utah fringe playoff team, sure. But they open up in Florida, okay? And I can make the argument that playing Florida A and M is the same value as playing Florida, right? If they finish the season. 12 and 1. They win the Pac 12 championship game. They finish 12 and 1. They have beaten a ranked USC, most likely, and they'll have beaten a ranked Oregon at Oregon, by the way. And they're 12 and 1. They beat Oregon again in the Pac 12 championship game, whatever it is, okay? Um, you know, if they're 12 and 1 with a win or loss to Florida, they're in the playoff. If they're 12 and 1 with a with a win against Florida AM, guess what? They're still in the playoff. Like it doesn't benefit them to play Florida until the scheduling model gets fixed all around the country. Um, or we decide to not favor certain conferences. Like, what's the? It's a great game. I'm excited to watch Florida and and Utah play. But what benefit is that for for Utah to play Florida? Yeah, I, I and like you said, there are you know there are so many other things going. On. It, there's little bits and pieces. If you're trying to sort of get a vision of where we're going with Division One FBS, whatever you want to call it, Power Five conference uh, college football, um, you know, and and let's let's go back. Okay, let's go back a year ago in June when the Supreme yeah. Court basically called the NCAA complete hypocrites in that Alston ruling. Remember that one yeah. where they said the NCAA was violating antitrust laws, placing limits on what the schools could provide to the yes. athletes. One of the justices said, I love this quote. This was back in June of last year. He goes, the NCAA is not above the law. The NCAA couches its arguments for not paying student athletes in innocuous labels, but the labels cannot disguise the reality. The NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in yes. almost any other industry Correct. in America. So that came from one of the justices on the Supreme Court. So since that ruling last June, really, I mean, you could say all hell is broken loose, but the reality is we're now faced with a future reality that actually you know, puts this where the rest of us are from a business standpoint. So on the other side, Jeff, I want to break this down with you because I know we both have plenty to say. But, you know, I saw a headline uh, on one of the uh, sites saying, you know, the NIL is just part of the problem right now. There are several issues that college leaders need to solve as we move forward in the entire college landscape, especially the biggest moneymaker, which is college football. We're going to break it down for you coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Saturday, Harbin and Schwartz with you. And, yeah, we maybe spend more time on the uh, college sports scene than some of you want, but uh, it's it's near and dear to us. And we think it's a really interesting subject matter because, you know, only a couple of years ago, Jeff, uh, you know, we were, we were talking in terms, well, you know, w- way down the road, we're going to see some major changes, right, in college sports and everything else. Yeah. But all of a sudden, everything's accelerating at a rate uh, that we never expected. Uh, and part of it was the ruling that we mentioned last June by the Supreme Court against the NCAA. Uh, Mark Emmert, who, of course, is basically stealing money, but in a position to do so <laughs> at $4 million a year, has announced that he's uh, he's about to step aside. So we don't know where, where even the NCAA is going to stand right now. But, you know, it really comes down to where should college sports be? And I'm very curious from your standpoint as someone that participated in college sports and went on to become a, a professional athlete. But what what should we say? And let's let's just let's just stay with football right now because they are really a separate entity to the yeah. entire college scheme because every other sport at every level, including lower division football, is under the jurisdiction of the NCAA, where, of course, there's never been an NCAA champion uh, in Division One football. But what would be the best in terms of securing a productive and profitable future for college football? Well, look, I, I think that we're getting closer to the days of players getting paid on in sort of either a salary or, or, or part of the structure. And I, I don't I'm not against that. I mean, it's obviously would be something very different than what it's been. But the reason why it's moving that direction is because there's a lot of money being made by everyone and the players aren't getting any any of the money. Now, let's talk about something that I think is almost undervalued now, that, and that's a scholarship, right? Because the people that push back say that a scholarship um, is, is worth value and therefore the players should not get paid. That's a little bit in one direction. And the other people say, well, th- th- it doesn't matter. A scholarship th- doesn't have any value. No, it has some value, guys, right? It, there is value to getting a scholarship to play for your school or anywhere, obviously, um, to play football. So there is value in the scholarship. But I think because you're seeing, you know, said players' jersey being sold, you're seeing how much money the the, the Big Ten is gonna is gonna get a one billion dollar yes uh, TV deal. 
It's about to happen. And all this money that everyone else is making, and you're an athlete on one of these teams, and you're not seeing a single cent of it, I get why they're upset. I get why they want the money. I get why NIL became a thing. And I think college football is going to be um, somewhat what the English Soccer League is, right? The English Soccer League has three divisions. It has Premier, it has Champions, and I think it's at League One. I don't know, I'm not a, the best follower of that sport, but I, th- I think that's correct. There's three, three different leagues, right? And, you know, the Premier League, the top one, is where everyone spends the most money. Um, it's where everyone has the most resources, typically. And then the second tier is the next group down, right? Not as much money. Um, you know, you're done, you know, maybe not doing as much winning because now you're kind of down in tier two. And then tier three, obviously, is even lower than that. I feel like college football, just football, because the problem, obviously, in basketball, there's too many teams. I don't think you can do this. But college football, you're going to have three tiers or four tiers. You're going to have a top tier where you're going to have as many SEC teams that want to participate. You're going to have Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, um, you know, Wisconsin. You're going to have Miami and Florida State and North Carolina and Virginia Tech. And out west, you're going to have mm-hmm. USC and UCLA and Oregon and maybe Washington. Mm-hmm. Is that the teams that want to do the paying the players, the full-on NIL, the pay-for-play, the inducements, all those things, they're going to be in the top tier. The next tier will be, you know, the best, like, let's say Utah, for example. Okay, Utah, been very good for for many years. They're probably not going to want to be in the top tier. They might say they are, but are they going to spend the money for that top tier? Probably not. So they'll be in tier two, right? Like, you'll have great teams in tier two as well. And that's, I think, what college football specifically is going to because the court has said your business model is not legal, okay? And the NCAA, instead of deciding, hey, we're going to find a way around this, we're going we're gonna to get together and come up with a solve. If they would have said, hey, you know what? Uh, five years ago, right? Okay, we're going we're gonna to put you guys on quote-unquote salary. We're going to give every player $10,000 a year. This probably never happens, right? They continue doing what they're doing. No one challenges it. Everyone's happy. And they didn't do that, right? They didn't do that. They had no foresight. They had no looking at Even now, there's athletic directors that are out there saying, hey, you know what? We need to, to stop the one-time transfer. That'll stop everything. We need to investigate these schools. That'll stop everything. It ain't going to stop any of that. And so I think they had a chance to, to, to make this um, – Less hectic, a chance to make this in the image that they wanted, which was fair to the players, right? That's important here. And they didn't. And now it's every school for themselves, every state, right? right Steve, there are states that have they have NIL laws. There are states that are not. And I think California right now, by the way, has a bill in 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 you know in their state senate, whatever it is, um, in the state le- in the state legislature, I should say, um, that like gives out a- basically makes athletes um, employees. Like every state's different. Like they- so, th- it's everyone for themselves because the NCAA decided to do nothing about this. All right, so nothing. I- I'm going to take it even a step further. All right, all right. So right now, projections. And we talk about you know when we talk about the FBS, and then we split it between the Power Five and the Group of Five. It's not a power five. It's really a power two uh, in terms of money. The Big Ten and SEC, uh, the deals that they are talking about right now oh, yeah. could double, double the yeah. ACC, Big 12, and the Pac-12, which would automatically put the schools in those conferences at a major disadvantage in terms of head-to-head against Big Ten and SEC schools. So if you're like, just let's take two schools that are not – 
in the Big Ten or the SEC. USC, especially now with Lincoln Riley and the money they're investing in Lincoln Riley, and Clemson, okay? Do you think they're going to stay in the ACC in the Pac-12? No way. Look, at the SEC has already rated the Big 12, so already, you know, bye-bye Texas and Oklahoma. You know that's the direction this is going to go. And if the Pac-12 loses USC or the ACC loses Clemson, what is going to happen to those conferences? So it's not even about Power 5 conferences. It's Power 2 conferences. The Big 10 and the SEC, they're talking about league payouts of $100 million per school. Um, that, you know, are going to be handed out more than double the other conferences out there. And I can guarantee you Lincoln Riley's not going to sit there and say, there's no way I'm going to sit here and try to compete yeah. with one hand tied my, behind my back, get us out of this conference and get us with the big boys. And the same thing with Dabo and Clemson. So, again, th- there's, there is the fallout is going to be tremendous. Forget we were talking earlier about rivalries that are going to come and go. Yeah, well, that, conferences. It's, just, it's why... going to be a clean slate. Everything you've known up to now in terms yeah. of the names of the conferences and everything else, at least in terms of college football, are going to go bye-bye. And Notre Dame, as soon as NBC, who's already farming out half their games these days, yeah. loses that NBC deal, they either either play <laughs> yeah. or they're going to be on the outside looking in. So, I mean, it just, and it's happening so fast right now, Jeff, that people really aren't even aware yeah. until all of a sudden they blink and like, what happened here? But that's where we're heading. So I'll push back a little bit on the, like the, the idea of like USC, for example, going to the the SEC. The school president won't—they don't want it happen. Like that's part. That's it's also why the Pac-12 is just behind in sports, right? Because there's not uh, the presidents just don't care about sports as other as other. They care do. about money. That's and, how they keep their right, jobs. They, they they certainly care about money, um, but they make so much money as research universities. We talked about this during the pandemic because. You know, when, when the Pac-12 shut down and where other conferences were opening back up, you know, we talked about this for three months about how the presidents, you know, the Pac-12, like they're they're not worried about sports because it brings in relatively little money compared to what else they are in charge of. But again, if this they're offering more money because of football, maybe they'll do it. This is why I think we're gonna end up with a system of of sort of tiers, right? Because it won't be conferences anymore. It'll be tier one, tier two, tier three, and his name whatever you want. In football only, I think. I think in other sports, it'll remain the conferences because of the money, and because again, there's going to be the big boys that want to play, and then there's going to be everyone else that mm. wants to sort of play. Okay, that's why I think we're going to. Because are you telling me Oregon's not going to want in on this SEC? Of, of course, course they, they will. Now let me ask you this. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's let's just stay with the current Pac-12. All yeah. right. So is it a possible like they get a new television deal, and you look at SC, Oregon, UCLA, Washington? I right, just use those four schools, and say you know what. Based on their stature, they're going to get a bigger share of the pie. I mean, is there a reason why USC should get an equal share with Oregon State? Is there any reason for that? I mean, no, the fact be nice. is because because the point is is that you're going to try to because money is going to be thrown out there, Jeff. If the SEC is offering SC double what they're making in the Pac-12, you say, well, the university press she could be eliminated in a heartbeat if she's turning <laughs> if she's turning down that kind of money to come yeah. into uh, the university, hundreds of millions of dollars. She's not going to keep her job very long. So if you if you look at the structure within the conferences. Now you're going to have to start tiering within your conference and say, all right, okay, the USC's, the Oregon's, the UCLA's, the Washington's, they're bringing more revenue in than the Oregon State's are, the Arizona's of the world. 
okay? And because of that, they should get a bigger piece of the pie. Now, that doesn't mean everyone's going to be happy at but uh, what's Oregon State's alternative? You want to leave the conference? I didn't think so. So, uh, you know, keep your mouth shut and just be happy with it. Is it fair? Nothing's fair. It's about who's bringing yeah. in the money. And this is why I keep getting back to a, a USC or a Clemson saying, we're not going to work for half the money that these schools are in the Big Ten and the SEC. We're out of here. Yes, and I, but I, I will say, though, that, you know, the Pac-12 was up for negotiation in 24. Yep. And they're not going to get as much as the Big Ten or SEC. Not even close. Half. Um, but if USC is good, which they're going to be, and Oregon continues the path they're on, they're going to get more than they've ever gotten, right? And so, you know, if they're satisfied with the deal, they, with the new deal they get, remember, the new commissioner, I think, is going to be very helpful in getting the, the deal that, that is much better, then I think that backs off this idea of expansion you know, with USC and Oregon and Washington and UCLA going going any further west than the Rockies, right? Like that, that might hold it off mm. if they get $500 million, right? I with guarantee those. you right now, USC and, and negotiating this new television contact with the Pac-12, I guarantee you USC is going to look at him and say, you better have a little extra for us. You better do it right now uh, because, well, I, because we got people knocking on our door right now. They're knocking on our door. And Oregon, by the way, your ducks are in the same situation. They're going to be, I mean, there's big money behind your program at Oregon. And if you're not getting your fair share of the pie from that conference, there could be greener pastures out there. All right, more on this. More on this. You see, well, yeah, this is what we go to. Who else is talking about? Nobody. Uh, but let's find out what's trending right now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but I, it's it's interesting. Let's find out what's trending right now. We welcome back Ralph Irvin, of course. Uh, he uh, he knows well about uh, the inner workings of the collegiate scene, Ralphie. Yeah, and you talk about, especially when you talk about the Pac-12, which nationally, okay, no one really cares about, but that it's got to involve a restructuring of that entire network. Absolutely, that they have, which from from its inception was put together sloppily and cheaply. I mean, it was just it was basically okay. Cable companies say that they'll put on our network, we'll let them own it. And, and and that's why it's never made its way to DirecTV is because it's owned and operated by a consortium of cable networks. Look, all these conferences are going to take a hard look at each of the schools yeah. within these conferences. Are you pulling your weight? And if you're not pulling your weight, you're going to be left behind and you're not going to get an equal share. You just you haven't earned an equal share. So, I mean, it sounds harsh, but that's reality. No. Yeah. That's that's where the that's where the business of college sports has gone. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is a harsh reality. Harsh reality for San Francisco as their six game winning streak is stopped. St. Louis uh, finishes off the Giants for nothing. The final. San Diego playing in Atlanta. The Padres get an RBI double from Trent Grisham. Still trail the Braves though two one. That game in the bottom of the fifth inning. The Angels batting in the top of the fifth, and they still hold a one nothing advantage over the Athletics. Game one of a doubleheader there in Oakland. And Detroit gets a home run from Eric Haas. Now lead Baltimore 2 nothing. That game is in the sixth inning. They're at the first intermission of game seven. Carolina has a one nothing lead over the Boston Bruins. Coming up about 90 minutes from now, it'll be game seven in Toronto. The Maple Leafs hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Kings in Edmonton will play game 7, 10 o'clock Eastern, way up north of the border in Alberta. 
But right now, we sent it back to Fox Sports Saturday with Steve Hartman and Jeff Schwartz. All right. Well, thank you very much once again, Ralph. So, yeah, I mean, this is it's fascinating stuff right now. And it just I, I can't think of um, I mean, we've seen changes in sports across the board, Jeff. I mean, whether it's expansion or, you know, division alignment or schedules or whatever it is. I mean, it seems like everything was so set in place, especially for some of my generation where you. You know, you were sort of used to everything sort of being in a certain spot, and now everything is completely scrambled. But again, it's it's survival of the fittest, and it just seems to me with the insane amount of money in in sports these days. I mean, I, I'll, I'll get a little side note here. What 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 did you make of the reported thirty seven and a half million dollar a year deal for Tom Brady to join Fox Sports? When, when, when you uh, just hear now, that. Yeah, I mean, we're now colleagues, and we're probably best friends pretty soon, so I'm excited for him to Does that raise the bar be, for your paycheck be, as well? Are you going to well, be like— I, I did text my agent. I was like, yo, can we— uh, <laughs> Fox has money all of a sudden. Let's, yeah. well, let's, they, call, let's call Fox. I mean, it just, money. When you um, have that kind of money— And remember, Fox okay, doesn't I, have any primetime games. Yeah, I, These I'm are not, Sunday day games that you're going to pay a guy yeah, $37.5 yeah. million dollars a year. I mean— Here's it, my take on this. Um— do I think he's getting that much money? No. Do I think he's getting a lot of money over $20 million? Yes. Um, Fox has two next three Super Bowls, so he'll be part of the coverage if he's not playing that game. I think he's probably closer to retirement than we think. I think a year or two away. I, and that's, I think this year might be his last one. What I think this deal is more about is, and they talked about it, and um, when it was announced is, you know, it's it's a brand partnership, right? Tom Brady will will be there to promote Fox Sports and I imagine Fox as well. And so it's a deal that is a kind of a brand ambassador and and an analyst. So he gets he's getting maybe let's say he's getting 20 million dollars a year to be an analyst. And let's just use this number that we got in $17 million a year to go to parties and shake hands and be an ambassador for Fox Sports. Again, that number seems high. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll find out maybe one day what the real number is. Um, but that it feels like it's it's a two-part deal, right? It's the broadcasting part of this, which guys are making $20 million a year calling games. So that, that's not surprising. It's the extra money on top of that. Sounds like, feels like to me, it's a kind of a brand ambassador of Fox Sports or Fox uh, as well type of deal for, for Brady. And I mean, um, and also it... it it's a reaction to losing Aikman and Buck, right? You have two excellent broadcasters going to ESPN, and you need to bring someone back uh, of that caliber, and, and it's Tom Brady. I think he'll be really good at it. Um, he's good at everything else he does. I'm not. I'm not. I would not. Be well, he'll be either. good at it if he goes the extra mile. In other words, let's say he will, he's though. he's doing a New England game, and the Patriots are getting blasted, and he says something along the lines like. You know, I really think this game is past Belichick by, and I think it's time for a change here in New England. They need some fresh blood. Now, if he pulls something like that, I am going to be the biggest Tom Brady fan of all time. But, I mean, like you said, this is not about the idea, well, there's going to be more eyeballs on games, maybe initially curiosity. But, you know, once you settle into the season, if you got a better game, there'll be more eyeballs. If there's a lesser game, maybe not. I don't think Tom Brady alone is going to bring more eyeballs to a game. Um, I, I thought when uh, I was talking to our buddy Rich Ornberger about this, you know, about the impact that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are going to have on Monday Night Football. Zero. And he says, well, in terms of initially getting eyeballs, none, but maybe holding an audience? 
I mean, if you have, I mean, if you're if you're looking for them to sort of hold an audience, maybe if you have a little more star power in the yeah. booth, that may help, and it makes sense. Um, so yeah, if you get a star power like a Tom Brady, maybe you know you hold the audience a little bit longer because, well, Tom Brady. He, I'm interested in hearing what he might have to say. But it's not even about that. I mean, it's it's like you said, what Fox was looking for is who's the biggest name we can get right now. I'm sorry, yeah. Greg Olson. You're not that guy. Okay, you might Greg, be a better Greg announcer. Really, I think Greg is really good. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, but you could say Greg is, but he's not the impact name. Um, no. And, and there's again, a reason John Madden worked for every single network in terms of the NFL because he was the best. He was the biggest name, uh, and it didn't matter where he won. He was going to get eyeballs. I, there's no John Maddens. I promise you, out there, not even Tom Brady. But at least it gives them the biggest name available out there. I don't know. Do you think he's going to do this for 10 years? Well, again, I, I don't think this deal is 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 accurate to what it actually will end up being. But I certainly think he can be a brand ambassador for 10 years. Hey, Tom, come to this New York event for us. Hey, Tom, I need you to go to to Europe and represent Fox. Fox. I need to, hey, we have, you know, we have Super Bowl two of the next three years. I need you to come to all the Fox events in Arizona this year for Super Bowl. Yeah, like that's, that's I think, what will be part of his job is being an ambassador for Fox Sports, and it's worth whatever they pay them to do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Tom and I are – I'm looking forward to – I made this joke the other day. I'm never going to – we work at the same place. I'll never see Tom Brady. Like, we'll never run into each other. <laughs> we are two different circles uh-huh. at the same company. Yes. Um, I'm on a digital side for the most part. He's on the – he'll be on the TV. You know, when, when this guy announced at an earnings call with the owner of the company announcing it, right? It wasn't like a press release that, that, that you know, the Fox PR department put out. Uh, so this is – uh, look, I, I'm excited to have a, a, a coworker. I think is going to be really good at the job on, at you know at Fox with with us. Um, but yeah, it's getting paid to to work and be an ambassador for for the company. Well, and it also just shows you the bottomless pit of money there is. Well, will he be on our show now because you know the Fox connection? Well, I I would think now you know um, we had uh, well especially on Sundays. Uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were regulars. And by the way, tremendous. They never, you know, blew us off. They always came on. Great insights. Super. Both those guys. So I'm I'm hoping that Tom Brady is going to be a regular here on Fox Sports. Do you have any word on that, Danny G? Uh, because, you know, again, Aikman and, and Buck were extremely generous and joined us pretty much every Sunday. Yeah. And, um, and Buck joined oh, really? us on a Saturday show right sure. before the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, uh, and Jenny Taff was always on. She was like hustling through the airport. I mean, I would imagine if Kevin Burkhart's the main guy, that's going to be an automatic. Uh, but, yeah, when Brady does take it. Well, first of all, we don't even know when Brady's going to. In fact, I'm glad we mentioned this because on the other side, the NFL schedule came out this week. Uh, is this comparable to Super Bowl Sunday, the announcement of the NFL schedule? <laughs> um, because for some people, apparently it was. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll give you an alternative view coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. We've been talking about this uh, Tom Brady, $37.5 million per year. I love Fox denying any of it. Well, they weren't denying it. They were saying things are a little out of joint, but uh, no one seems to be denying the actual money. It's going to be a lot of money. Uh, quick question here, though, before we get to this uh, NFL schedule announcement, which, again, was you know equivalent of a Super Bowl Sunday, apparently. Um so Tom Brady has obviously been a very different guy in social media since he left the Patriots. We've seen yes. a far more animated guy. A word is behind the scenes because Tom Brady's a very smart guy that a lot of what he does on his own social media outlets is very scripted. In other words, he doesn't just wing it. Um, as you know, Peyton Manning, upon his retirement, was offered record money by every single network to become a lead analyst, and he turned them all down. Now, why would he do that? Well, he did that because he knew his own limitations, because the Peyton Manning that we've all laughed at for years is a very scripted guy. These are smart guys. They're smart business guys. They know how to market themselves in the best possible way. Um, and so my thing about Tom Brady is, if you're going to leave yourself naked out there as an analyst, what's going to set you apart other than your name? If, he, if you're, not going to, you're not going to be a John Madden. You're not going to be a Tony Romo. What What is it that taught me? People say, well, he'll work hard. Yeah, but that's not what ultimately people latch onto. It's a personality quirk. It's something that sets you apart from all the other analysts. Your name, because Joe Montana was an analyst. He failed. Uh, we've had a lot of great NFL players, maybe not to the magnitude of the uh, GOAT, but certainly big names that have failed because they simply don't have yeah. the personality or something that sets them apart from the rest of the pack. What do you think Tom Brady's going to ultimately be that people say, wow, that is totally yeah. unique, not just on his name, but what what could he do differently, let's say, than a than a Tony Romo who got a lot of hype for you know predicting plays before they happen? What how's Tom Brady's approach to to this all going to be? It's a good question. Um, you know, I think the ability to explain the game in a way that fans understand is important, right? To give us insight into what a quarterback is thinking most often is the way to go, right? Just being able to explain what's happening and tell us in a way that we, we become smarter football fans. And I think just storytelling, right? Being able to give us insights into how he played in certain situations, I think people would – because as you mentioned – 
he has done more social media recently. Yes. He and it's it's I think it's kind of funny sometimes. Like he posted a video today he was riding a bike somewhere in a city. I don't yeah. even know where it was. But this isn't just spontaneous. No, of course it's not spontaneous. Right. But my point is like we don't get that from him, right? So right. if he's calling a game, being spontaneous would be good. Would be I mean, we enjoy that. Now, I don't watch games for announcers. Maybe other people's do. Other people do. I think it can enhance the game, but Honestly, I listen to a lot of games on mute. So, because um, I got three games going at once, I'm just not listening to them all at once. Um, but again, I think being insightful, so sharing what he knows about a play, what he saw on the play, and being able to do it in 20 seconds or less and make us smarter football fans, and also just storytelling, right? Being able to say, hey, in this, this situation, we did this. In this situation, this is what happened. When, you know, when I face this defense, here's what we look for when we face this defense. Or when I, you know, I study this offense, here's what I see. When I talk to this coach, like being able to give us those stories, um, I think will be very important to his success as well. Uh, the NFL schedule came out this week. By the way, I thought for a second there, we were talking about who are the Rams going to play in that opening game. When you look at their scheduled home games, the Bills had a big circle. You're like, that's the yes. best game. Or, but they also have Dallas at home thought, this year. I thought it would be Dallas. I or... really thought Jerry Jones was going to snake that and just say, no, 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 no. no. You realize there isn't a Los Angeles Rams without me, right? I The reason why I... I... I thought about that, but then I thought like Fox would be pretty pissed if they lose out the, the night game. Right. Like, I don't know if they did that if they didn't do the conference game because that's, that's, I mean, Cowboys Rams is a huge deal for Fox. And I wonder how much networks play a role in deciding which games get, get uh, basically saved from being on national television. So the other team I was very curious about when the schedule came out was the Cleveland Browns because some people thought it might give us a little hint on when or if Deshaun Watson is going to be uh, back in 2022. And I was very curious because you look at it, the Browns are hosting two primetime games in the first eight weeks of the season. They have a week three Thursday night home game against the Steelers, and they have a week eight Monday night home game against the Bengals. Well, if they got Jacoby Brissett playing quarterback, that's not going to be good for those primetime broadcasts. So, I mean, what did you make of the whole Cleveland dynamic? Because the league is making the claim like, we have no clue, none, zero, zero zip what the NFL is going to rule in terms of when Deshaun Watson uh, is going to play, what kind of punishment we're looking at. But I did find it curious that Cleveland, of all teams, with the potential that Jacoby Brissett's going to be the quarterback, uh, is going to get two primetime games in the first eight weeks of the season. I mean, maybe there's a primetime game because of the Steelers and Bengals, not really the Browns, right? Um, and we know that I think every team – is it still the same rule that every team has a Thursday night game? Is that still the way it is? Mm. Um, but, you know, I mean, two games is not a lot of primetime games. Uh, I mean, everyone, I think, gets one at least. Well, how about this? How about the Chargers? Would you say the Chargers are more attractive team? You know how many home – Primetime games they have scheduled this year, one. And it's against the Rams on January 1st. So, yeah, I mean, but, are the Browns but, more attractive? They get, How about the but, Chargers playing in the AFC West? Wouldn't you think with them at SoFi Stadium, they might be a little more attractive as far as a primetime team than the Cleveland Browns? They, they play the first Thursday night football game of the year. That's in Kansas City, but they're, that's a primetime yeah, game. Yeah, but it's I mean, on the road. I'm talking about home games. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cleveland's I got two home primetime yeah, games uh, in the first eight. Yeah, that's a I mean, reward to that team. 
But how many people are showing up to a primetime game in Los Angeles for the Chargers? Well, I was at one last year. It was the Thursday night home game against Kansas City. And the place it was, was all packed. Kansas City fans. Well, yeah, with Kansas City fans. I, it, but it's a packed stadium. <laughs> I mean, sure, but the, when it's, the, the stadium's all, all people wearing red. It was also very cold that night. All right, coming up on the other side, we got much more NFL news. Adam Kaplan will be joining us all coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, continuing on this Saturday, Fox Sports Saturday, Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz with you. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, is going to be joining us in about 15 minutes. Get his thoughts about the release of the schedule. Plus, uh, well, there's always a lot of NFL news, including that situation in St. Louis uh, where uh, eh, some disclosures have come out about maybe some fibbing that was being done uh, around the National Football League. Also, we're getting ready for two game sevens tomorrow in the NBA playoffs as we got the Celtics taking on the Bucks, And, of course, Phoenix is going to be hosting Dallas. By the way, the Bucks have canceled their Game 7 watch party. You know, they watched outside of yeah. the arena. This game, obviously, will be in Boston. They had these shootings, uh, just, just craziness going on. I mean, multi- there was multiple shootings that happened outside of the game yesterday. It's awful. Uh, it was just absolutely awful. So they're not going to have their big, you know, and we saw it last year in the playoffs. Yeah. If, I, if every, and anyone didn't understand just how big the Bucks are in Milwaukee, last year in the finals, you got a full dose of that. Uh, so we got these game sevens. One thing we haven't really talked about much, Jeff, is the Golden State Warriors. Yes. They put to bed the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, who had that wacky, you know, 55-point lead, 35-point blowout loss, a victory over the um, – Warriors in Game 5 without John Morant. But without John Morant, uh, obviously the Grizzlies were uh, disabled. Uh, But we get back to the Warriors here. And I've been going sort of back and forth on where we are in terms of public sentiment for the Warriors. You know, initially I thought, well, the people had tired of the Warriors. Five straight trips to the NBA Finals. The whole Kevin Durant situation. Then they bottomed out. They had the worst record in the NBA during the shortened year with the pandemic and then last year they didn't even make the playoffs they lost in the play-in round to the Grizzlies but here they are back in the conference finals again so I thought well everybody likes a comeback story 
No, no, they don't. Uh, I feel I feel like the Warriors are being vilified just as much as they have in the past. I mean, outside of being a diehard Warrior fan, I don't get a feeling a lot of people are rooting for Golden State to suddenly reemerge atop the mountain in the NBA. No, people don't often root for legacy teams, right? Mm-hmm. Just the general public does not. They root for the underdog. They're going to root for Dallas or for Phoenix, right? They're going to root for uh, for Miami or Boston. Maybe not Boston, but be a Boston Celtics one. A Boston Warriors won't be interesting. Right. But the Bucks, and they're going to root for the Heat. It says people do not like rooting for dynasties. The general public, now obviously Warriors fans do, um, but the general public does not like rooting for dynasties. I'm not surprised people are not going to root for the Warriors as we get further along, the Warriors. I'm surprised that they lost. Uh, they lost Game Five in that manner. I, I expected them to win pretty handily last night, and they did so. Um, I'm I'm curious about this team. Do you think they are? They're probably beating Miami, right? Uh, well, what about Milwaukee in a seven game series? Boston? I don't. I'm not quite sure on that. Well. I look at the Warriors right now. I think it's pretty remarkable, to be honest with you, thinking where they've gone. Because you have Steph Curry, who is not the Steph Curry that won back-to-back MVPs. All right, He's had ankle problems. He hasn't been 100% healthy. He's not the phenomenon. He still has flashes, you know, where he's knocking down everything. But he's not at the level he was when he won those back-to-back MVPs. And they had Klay Thompson, who was out for two years. Yeah. And he has been wildly inconsistent. A couple of games, you see the Clay Thompson of old. I mean, we've had games just in this last series uh, against the Grizzlies where, and you remember in game three, they just shot lights out. And yeah. then game four, they couldn't make a three. And then, you know, game five, it was just like, what is going on here? So it's, it's a little hard to say that the Warriors are all the way back with some of the eggs they've laid in this postseason. And, of course, Draymond Green. I mean, this, this big three, you know, go back. to That's seven years ago when they won that first chance. That's a long time ago. Yep. Yep. So, obviously, they're not where they used to be. Uh, Jordan Poole, obviously, has been a fine for this team. Wiggins has been serviceable. But, no, if you've got to go, I mean, what's their answer to Giannis? I mean, seriously, if they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks, and especially if Middleton can come back, and we just don't know the status of Middleton yet, but if Middleton were to be able to come back and play at a reasonable level, what do you do if you're the Warriors with Giannis? Do you just let him go off like we've seen in this series against Boston where he goes off for 45 a night, 20 rebounds, and just try to overcome that? I'm not quite yeah, sure yes. because, well, that's I guess you're going to have to, but the Warriors have shown, if you look in this postseason, every once in a while they have one of those nights where the Splash Brothers are red hot and, oh, man, you just can't stop this team. But they've had some bad yeah. shooting nights, really bad. I think that if they're playing Giannis, they're just doing that, That you know, basically, we're going to let no one else score, only Giannis up in situation, right? And the thing about the, that makes the Warriors intriguing is what, you, is what you mentioned, is they can have those nights where you're just not beating them, right? Because they're just shooting too well. And and um, that always makes them makes them dangerous. Um, you know, Phoenix is probably their, the toughest for them, right? Just to look at the, the well-roundedness of their team. Um, and the way they can score inside and outside, right? That would be the toughest opponent for them. Uh, you know, Dallas obviously has Luka, and you know we, we talked earlier at the start of the show about the odds for these games, and I would lean toward the Mavericks plus six and a half at this at the moment because they have the best player on the in in the series, right? Like they have a guy that is that has shown the ability to score forty points 
in multiple playoff games. And in the last five minutes of a playoff game, I want that guy, right? I want the guy that I know can, can get me some buckets. Now, the rest of the team, question mark, right? How they're going to play in a game seven on the road. But Luka's going to show up. And so I think Phoenix wins that game, but I'd take the six and a half points. I would totally do that. I, I, I If you're asking me where, where I'm wagering, I'm wagering with the best player again in the series on game seven. Yeah, I, I guess, you know... The- you know, Booker is one of those players that if people, you feel like you're anxious to put Devin Booker in that class of one of the, you know, elite players in this league. And he certainly has had moments. I mean, heck, the guy actually scored 70 points in a game one time. But I mean, you look at this blowout loss they had to Dallas the other night. And I mean, he missed every shot he took from three point land. He had eight turnovers in the game. Eight. I mean, that is just stunning. So I don't – Phoenix is, to me, you look at 64 and 18. I mean, that is an amazing record the Suns had this yeah. year. But there's something not right. I mean, Aiden seems to always get his double-doubles. He's putting up the points. You know, Chris Paul can beat you in different ways without actually scoring. I get that. <clears throat> Booker, to me, is sort of the X factor, though. I mean, he's seen – and when they're playing really well, the Suns yeah. need a big game out of Devin Booker, and obviously that didn't happen in that blowout loss the other night in Dallas. So I, I would tend to agree with you. I, I like Dallas in the points right now, um, but at the same time, Doncic has got to get some help here, man. Brunson has shown some flashes <laughs> yeah. at times, but who like, else? That's the thing is you're not, you're not certain – like, I'm certain Luka will get his – and on the Phoenix side, I'm certain Chris Paul will play well. Again, if Booker gets, gives you 20, 25 points, you have a double-double from Aiden Crowther is, is, is able to like, – like, I, I trust the team of Phoenix more in this game. But if Luka's going to have a 40-point night, Dallas is going to be in this game, right? And so and they've actually had a great record against the spread on the road this season as well. So I'm curious how that translates in Game 7. Obviously, I, I lean toward the home team most often in a lot of these games. Um, but – that's the issue for Dallas. It's just who else is there to to help Luca in this game. By the way, if Phoenix were to lose to Dallas at home, you know the guy that's going to get the hit is Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, well, Chris Paul. I mean, a year ago, finally had the breakthrough with Phoenix, and they got to the NBA Finals. You know, they came up short against Milwaukee, and and I, we were talking about this last week. The whole dynamic of Chris Paul. Normally, when you have a guy with his credentials that's been around a long time, played a very high level for all these years, like he's like a sentimental choice. Like, man, need a little tears to see Chris Paul finally get that day. Uh, and no one's feeling that way about Chris Paul. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I, I don't know. You know, nobody. Try, I'm trying to think of like what is he just? Players... He's not likable. Like what? Like what? NBA players in your lifetime have people felt that way about? They never won a championship. Like I feel like, 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 like did anyone feel that way about Charles Barkley? Well, because like, he never got there. What about when Dirk and Dallas won a championship? Remember they I, beat I think LeBron James. Like I think people were like, yeah, well, that's great that that Dirk won. Yeah, the championship, he had played but, long enough. You know, sure he had been an MVP. I'm not sure the national public was rooting for that yeah um see I'll, I'll give you an example one guy way back in the day was dr j uh 1983 the sixers had had several several near misses after he'd come over from the aba and then finally dr j got a chance to win his championship i don't know chris oh, paul oh, certainly about, is not in that about, class speaking about the sixers i caught your last cameo your last appearance in winning time yes uh you're you were discussing i believe larry bird is the uh 
as a rookie of the year. Correct? Well, I, what right? we were talking about was uh, also that the, so the Lakers were going to go into that game six without Kareem, and oh, I yes. was uh, taking shots that there's no and, and way Magic. that Magic's going to be able to pull out. Isn't that it game. funny do, filming that and knowing exactly what happened? Of I course, was, it is. <laughs> I was telling someone who was watching the show, yeah. uh, who is not really a basketball fan. It's like, did all this stuff happen? I go, well, I mean, it's dramatized, but yeah, some of yeah, it, like the like the Tarkanian thing, like it didn't happen in the years they said it did. Again, like, it what they've before, done is, if you really look at pretty this, close. Yeah, it's close enough. I mean, that's and that's the license they have. Nothing's going to come of Jerry West's lawsuit. Not, nothing's no, no. ever going to come of that. <clears throat> All they ever say it's a dramatization based on some facts. And that's the cover for any kind of movie or television show that relates to real people. They're public figures, and they can take liberties with them that they can't take with normal people. So there, there's no uh, pushback. I, I think in the end, if you watch this, Kareem comes off pretty good. Uh, well, well, Kareem, in this. Kareem is upset. I think I saw him because he said that he doesn't portray him accurately i guess but I, I don't know about the spencer haywood stuff if that was real or that, not the Spen- by the way spencer haywood has spoken out and says that's exactly what happened oh well i i knew so spencer he haywood was- has spoken out and said the way his character has been depicted is accurate even even with even with like the last scene at the end when in he, the when, scene and everything wow, okay. else yeah. yeah okay i won't ruin it for people yeah because he was kicked um, off that team well, that i know he was fact. i know that was, i went and looked that up afterwards that's yeah. true um uh, well, he's. Enough, def- I don't know if it's exactly the way <laughs> yeah. it is, but he has def- defended the portrayal of himself. And you know what in that too is, show. I think I think he was actually off the team for a different drug than he used yeah. on the show, which is right. kind of interesting. Like, why don't you use the drug that he was actually thrown off the team for using? Well, <laughs> he was a big cocaine guy. Look at there were well, a lot of cocaine well, addicts what, in the NBA. Yeah, that's at the what time. it was. But they, yeah. the show, he's not doing cocaine, right? Exactly. Um, so it's a oh, man, show so good, and obviously, and and you know, it's one of those where it's good, and you know the ending, like you know how this year was going to sure. end. Because, it's like uh, the movie Apollo thirteen. It was a great yeah. movie, even though you knew the end, and you're still on the edge of your seat. It was Jerry, but I mean John C. Riley is great. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's good. So yeah, it was it was nice to hear your. So voice you're ready one for last season time. two. Season Are you in two. season two? Well, I, I'm I I haven't been let go yet. So yeah, I signed some deals here. We're ready for. Oh, I don't even. Okay. I don't even. To be honest with you, I have no idea because they're writing season two now of Winning Time. I don't even know where they're going with this next. Are they just going to carry on at the end of the one season next season, which would make sense? Are they going to flash yeah. forward a few years? I think they're gonna. I think they're going to. They're not going to have. 10 seasons or 12 of this. I think what they're going to do is they're going to go like from this championship till the end of 82 when they win again. Like that that would make sense. And then, and if you yeah. think then in 84, of course, is the first time we actually get Larry bird and magic, magic yeah. and then, Boston wins, and then the Lakers get their revenge the next like, year. I, I, I could see, I could see, I could actually, see, I could actually see, see the show, the show starting next season with Riley getting the permanent job. Yes, there you go. 82, Skip ahead. And they yeah. do eighty two, eighty three, uh, and then they get Bird, and they start season three with Larry. It Bird. is a fun show, though. It's, it's a good fun, fun show. show. Yeah, very it's fun show. show. Uh, it's always fun to talk to Adam Kaplan. We're going to talk to our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Let's check in right now with our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider XM NFL Radio's Adam Kaplan. Adam, it's always great to catch up with you. So were you as thrilled as uh, seemingly a lot of people were with the uh, announcement of the NFL schedule? Is it as big a day as Super Bowl Sunday just to find out, you know, even though we know which teams were going to play which teams and where they were going to play, the actual dates of these games and who's on prime time, how much does that uh, weigh into the world of Adam Kaplan? You know, it's funny you say that, Steve. I, I do make fun of people who get it in the networks and make go crazy over it. I mean, I, I get it. It's important to networks because they want to know which games they have. And they, not that they don't know. They obviously know it well in advance of the announcement. But, you know, I, I like to see what are the Sunday night games, Monday night games, the Thursday night games, the primetime games. I find that interesting. I love the opening game of the two quarterbacks going against each other. Uh, I like the, the, the drama of when certain you know, coaches are going to go against their old team. I, I like that stuff, but it's completely overblown because we've had the draft. And that's why, by the way, I believe that the league moved it instead of having it before the draft to after the draft so they could have more talk. And, and I love how they leak some of the – like typically they just release it at the same time. Well, not, not anymore. They have the networks release their – uh, the primetime games, they, they, they let the teams go, okay, this in week three, they were allowed to announce this on Tuesday. That, so that's the difference that we have now. I will say, though, that, that when it gets fully put on paper, it, it does kind of hit home, I think, how hard some of these schedules are. Like Kansas City's schedule this year, they will earn themselves a home playoff game. Right? I mean, they, they play eight straight teams start the season with, with, with a winning record. There's a time where they play like the Chargers – the Bengals, like they play four straight playoff teams in a row in week 15 through 18. Like it's insane. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like it actually makes a little bit, makes us get a more realistic picture of what a team will be. It's like Kansas City, right? I mean, it's a terrible schedule for them. Yeah, and it's funny, Jeff, you mentioned all this. So I, I, I spent like three hours uh, Friday just going through the whole thing, just giving an idea of the information the team sent me, some of the, talking to the personnel guys, what their opinions were. The one that's just, and I don't know if this ever happened before. It probably has, but I don't know of a, a situation that it's happened. The Steelers play every single game in the Eastern time zone. That's hard to believe. That, that is obviously a major advantage. Because you know as a former player, when your body clock is the same, yeah. you don't have to worry about that. The, the, and the, uh, the Eagles are a situation, they have actually a great schedule. If you look at, I don't put too much weight into last season, only because things change. But, you know, you start there. And 11 of their 17 games are against teams that did not make the playoffs last season. So they have an easy schedule. And then the Giants are only away once out of their six weeks because one of those games that are home or is in, is in England. So though, that, the, the, though they're not a great team, 
they have a better roster, and then you look at it, being able to be home so much helps. And then, then there are teams like the Lions. We knew they weren't going to get a primetime game. That was the only team that didn't get one. Panthers play four out of their first five games at home, and they've started very well under Matt Roll. So there's some of the things that uh, I looked at yesterday. One of the uh, things people were looking forward to is maybe some clue on what is the fate of Deshaun Watson this year by the scheduling yeah. of the NFL. And we see Cleveland hosting primetime games in week three and in week eight. Um, so was there any takeaway? I know the NFL, you know, the guy that set the schedule saying, hey, we have absolutely no clue. Yeah. But Cleveland, I mean, if you got Jacoby Bursett as your quarterback, uh, really? You're going to have them hosting games? In week three and week eight on primetime games, what did you make of that, if anything? Yeah, look, I, I know that Howard Katz and the NFL schedule makers, Mike North, they, they, these things are done so well in advance. I've talked to Howard about that in the past. And you know, one thing he did say, and I, I knew this was the case, but I wanted to know. I wanted to hear how he felt about it. They do a little projection of how good they think teams are going to be. Like that does factor in. Well, look, the networks could control some of this because they want primetime games. They have a battle about which games they're going to get and which teams, who's going to get the Cowboys and so forth. But I do think uh, how they project teams to be this season plays into it. Now, I've, I've told you guys for months, I still think it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of six games. That's, that's what the teams told me uh, in their intel when they, the teams that were trying to get Watson, that's what they thought, that it would be in the neighborhood of six games that he would get suspended. And as you mentioned, Jacoby Brissett is that backup. But what's ironic and just funny is there's a guy named Baker Mayfield who's mm-hmm. still on the roster. Yes. He's still on the roster. How much longer do we expect that? I, I feel like for him, there's going to be two options. He's going to be released, and there's two options, right? You either go somewhere and, and you hope to start, or you go somewhere and a team pays you 7 to $10 million to be the backup on a championship caliber team, right? They, they want a quarterback that they trust to win games if, if someone gets hurt. If you were Baker Mayfield, would you go to Seattle or would you go be the backup at on a contender? You might not play very much, but you can do like, like the Trubisky, right? Like you go somewhere, you don't even play, but you're looked at differently because you're on Buffalo. Oh, well, Seattle, Jeff, he's a starter. I mean, if he – now, again, let, let's – he did uh, have much left they shoulder surgery. They're so bad at quarterback, Seattle. I just can't believe that they No, I know, but maybe they want to be bad. That's my yeah, but you know what, though? Here's the thing. If you look at that receiver group, uh, they, the, Dwayne Askridge was hurt. It was a second-round pick last year. you got Metcalf, who's up for renewal. You've got Lockett, who's really good. They, they got the trade. They got Fant from Denver. Like, they're, they're, they're options. They're pieces there, and you, you'd like to be able to start. Now, overall, is, are they going to be a good football, t- football team? Probably not. They've got issues on defense. It's a great question. I had not looked at it that way. Um, because I, th- just to update you on Baker Mayfield, uh, talking to three teams that were in it at, during the draft, none of them uh, will, will take on majority of the salary or even more than like maybe $5 million. So to answer your question, the chances are that he will be released. I'm not saying he will be released, but I can't see any way that he will be with the, the Browns this season. It's just too awkward. I just can't see it based on his attitude towards the team. He thinks he wasn't dealt with fairly. We could all debate whether that's true or not, but the fact of the matter is uh, he's got a salary nobody wants to take. He's coming back from left shoulder surgery, and that also plays into why no one wants to take that $18.858 million salary. Adam, as we sit here today, the Los Angeles Rams are the reigning Super Bowl champions. Their St. Louis days are long removed. This year seven coming up for the mm. Rams back in L.A., and yet the St. Louis Post-Dispatch story, 
they uh, sort of uncovered uh, some of the email exchanges that went on going all the way back to 2014, denials that the Rams had any uh, plans on moving to Los Angeles, even though Kroenke had acquired that property in Inglewood. I, I have some insight way back in the day. I remember AEG was trying to get a deal done to bring a team to L.A. Everything was in place. And when I heard that Kroenke uh, actually bought that property, I talked to a couple of friends of mine with AEG. They assured me that had nothing to do with the NFL moving to Inglewood. Uh, it turned out they were very wrong. Uh, but is there anything there? I mean, is there is there enough water on the bridge? Because, I mean, it not only tells uh, that basically Cronky and other people in the Rams organization flat out lied, but the NFO was complicit and, and the commissioner flat out lied about the intentions of the Rams to make that move to Los Angeles. Is there anything there that... Actually, uh, what- what happened is Cronky, if I recall correctly, because I happened to be at the owners' meetings when it happened, I believe he apologized for to the owners in their uh, in their their meeting about just the w- w- the news that came out. Uh, if someone told me who was in the meeting, so uh, remember this: the the they, this stuff has been in the courts uh, is another part of this. That whole situation, how he left St. Louis, was awful. Let's call it like it is. I remember uh, dealing with this when I was at ESPN and checking into it. It just was not dealt with really well. But covering this business for 20 years, when, when relocation comes up, I mean, the Raiders, now the Raiders situation going to Las Vegas, Mark Davis said, look, they bought a URL you know, 20 years ago. It was in the back of their minds. But I still believe what the Raiders told me privately was true. I think they actually wanted to stay, but the city of Oakland had no idea how to keep them, and it made it easier for them to leave. Where I don't think the Rams, I just think the Rams always wanted to leave. And as we remember, when they were there before, there was, the stadium situation was terrible at Anaheim, but it, it's much better now, obviously. Uh, but I just wish teams would deal with counties a little bit better. It, 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 how they hold, hold counties and municipalities hostage is something that's always bothered me. I went golfing on, on Friday. I got home. I did about, Thursday. About, uh, <laughs> congratulations. I, I Terrible. Shot, oh, it, was, it was awful. Uh, I got home, I don't know, about 4 p.m. on Friday, Eastern uh-huh. time. I opened up my social media accounts. I saw a bunch of tweets from Rookie Minicamp. I got pumped because football <laughs> feels back. What is there to take away from any of these rookie mini camps that we see, I mean, there's videos of, of quarterbacks throwing and roster yeah, moving and whatnot. I, I, what, do you, yeah. what do you take away from any of the of the talk of this first weekend of? of so it's funny you say that, Jeff. I had uh, I had a long drive uh, Thursday uh, to play golf, and then Cape May, New Jersey, so from where <laughs> I live in Philly. So that, that's actually the kind of stuff because the actually the Eagles were the first team to have theirs the previous weekend. Coaches always tell me this. It's a, it, it's just as you know, Jeff, from being a former player. Yeah. It's the learning phase. How much are they able to absorb? How far behind are they? Because when the vets come in for that mandatory camp, you know, the, the, the first and second round picks are going to have to show that they're kind of ready to do something. Yep. And if you're, the, like if you're a first or second round pick and you're drafted to replace a veteran, you know, they want, and the veteran's still there, they want you to be able to push the guy uh, to a certain extent, although the veteran probably will start. So I, my understanding is, just asking these questions over the years, they want to see what the, where the learning is. And, and, and they also... I remember Bill Polian tell me, I asked him this question, he said it rarely happens. Like, let's say you watch a guy on tape, and you get him into your building, almost always they look like they did on tape. He can only remember one time where it didn't look as good. <laughs> oh, They're yeah. like, uh-oh, where you go, okay, the, boy, he doesn't look as good as we thought, but it's, it's rare that a guy looks so bad in shorts and a t-shirt. And remember, in, the, in these first two phases, there's really no competition in terms of jaws because you, you can only be in t-shirts and shorts and you can't be in helmets. Wow. Oh, good stuff. I'm going to have to save the Raiders for another day. 
I don't know if you saw that New York Times story, but I'm just getting through it right now, Adam. Uh, it's uh, Which one are we talking about? Uh, the new disarray and Stone Age dysfunction of the Los, Ang- uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, three presidents in three years, Steve. It, I've known this team for almost my whole career. Yeah. We'll see what comes out. I'll just leave it at that. We'll be happy to talk about it next Saturday. Uh, Well, again, from my own experience, working for that organization way back in the 1980s when Mark was sort of a jump out. You didn't know that about me, did you? you, No, man, you must have been in your 20s. I was. uh, I was. (laughs) I was. uh, I was. uh, I was uh, their PR media relations director of the Los Angeles Raiders. I did not know that about you. Yes. Really? So if you really want some insight on the Raiders back in the day. Oh, yeah. When was your last year with them? 88. It oh. was my last year, right? Uh, Mike Shanahan's first year. Oh my! Are you were there for the Ethan Horton days, or no? I was there for Ethan Horton. The, the experiment. That? I was there the day the Bo, Bo Jackson showed. Oh up. man, we got to talk. I yeah, can't right. wait for this I, next week. Please right. bring this up. I, I, I will bring this up. I'll give can't you wait. all the insight of awesome. what it was it, like man. with the Los Angeles. Hey Jeff, you got to hear these stories because I had a couple of friends uh, yeah. who were with the Raiders in the '80s. So this is interesting. Yes, yeah, so I got okay. the Mike Ornstein stories. Our marketing director, the Locust Al. Yeah, okay. We'll share that next time. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Adam. All right, guys, see you. All right, Adam Kaplan joining us there. Oh, let's find out what's trending right now. Another guy that's got a lot of insight and a lot of people, and because uh, he's been around. That's uh, Ralph Irvin. Ralphie. Well, let's go around Major League Baseball since I've been around. And uh, the Padres put together a four-run eighth inning. Suddenly, San Diego, a five or 5-2 lead over Atlanta. That's in the bottom of the eighth inning now as the team comes back and tries to close out that win. Oakland gets a pinch hit RBI from Jed Lowry. They've tied it up with the Angels, locked at one. That game in the top of the eighth inning. And Detroit gets a home run from Willie Castro. It's 3-0 Tigers over Baltimore. They are in the top of the ninth trying to close that game out. Milwaukee gets a first-inning home run from Willie Adamas. They have a 1-0 lead at Miami, now in the top of the second. Toronto and Tampa Bay each scored a run in the first inning. The Ray is still batting. Yanni Diaz a home run there, but it is one all in the bottom of the first. No about to get started. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. NHL Stanley Cup playoff action. Second intermission. Carolina with a 3-1 lead over the Boston Bruins. It's game seven of that series. Top of the hour. The puck will drop in Toronto. The Maple Leafs hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then at 10 o'clock Eastern tonight, it'll be Edmonton hosting the L.A. Kings Game 7 of that series. So plenty of Game 7s on the ice. Game 7 tomorrow in the NBA with Seattle, or with Boston and Milwaukee and Phoenix and Dallas. Plenty to talk about here on a Saturday with Jeff Schwartz and Steve Hartman. All right, well, thank you very much, uh, Ralph. I, You know, I'm reading this story. Uh, I mentioned the New York Times has a huge story Three different writers, one of those, you know, big research stories on, like, what's going on with the Raiders organization. And the headline is uh, Disarray and Stone Age Dysfunction of Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Former employees describe an NFL franchise bedeviled by executive departures, poor financial management, unpaid electric bills, a raft of firings, payouts, NDAs, such a. And it's funny here because I read this thread. says the Las Vegas Raiders have been rocked by a massive exodus of front office leaders. This is the same story that happened in uh, 1988-89 with the Los Angeles Raiders when half of the front office, including yours truly, all left the uh, Raiders uh, in rapid succession. <laughs> so, so they're used to the disarray. They, they, I will literally tell you, this is an absolute line from Mr. Davis, Al Davis, to me. 
He actually said to this to me one time. He goes, Stephen, the key to organization is disorganization. <laughs> um, he actually said that to me. And, and he never wanted anyone to feel comfortable. I mean, that was something that he went out of his way to make everyone feel uncomfortable. He felt that's the way. Now, what's interesting about my whole dynamic in working for the Raiders and then being a former Raider employee once I launched my broadcast career and everything else, uh, from that point on, Mr. Davis, who I thought, because I didn't, it was like a 10 year period between me leaving the Raiders and when I ran into him again, I just assumed, would he even remember me? I was, yeah, I was the media guy, media relations guy. And, he could not have been. I mean, he was like he knew everything that had gone on in my life. He like he he knew my radio. I was doing wow. TV. He knew he was like my biggest fan, and wow. um, you know because I told him when I left the organization I wasn't planning on working for another team. I just right. I didn't know where my career was going. I just turned thirty years of age, and it just didn't seem like that's what I wanted to do with the rest of my life is work for the Raiders. Um, so. Uh, he was a very interesting man. But when I'm reading similar traits in his son, Mark, who I've obviously known going all the way back 40 years ago, um, none of this really surprises me. Um, it just that's the way the Davis family operates. Mark, in, in a lot of ways, is very different than his father. I, I always say this about Mark Davis. Do not underestimate Mark Davis. That would be foolish. The bull haircut, the whatever. Forget that. Do not underestimate Mark Davis. In many, in many ways, his business sense is vastly superior to his father's. Obviously, he doesn't have the the uh, kind of knowledge of football, nor has he ever pretended to have that kind of knowledge of football that his father had. But from a business standpoint, Mark's a pretty smart guy. But uh, you know, this is just one added story that makes you think that boy, the NFL just cannot wait to rid themselves of the Davis family as quickly as possible. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, they're going to, if they sell this this team, the, the possibilities of having a different owner in Vegas is endless, right? And I think that they view the Davises, at least Mark, as like someone that probably just can't reach the goals they would like to see in Las Vegas with him being the owner. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, the thing about the Raiders is it is a – Huge brand for the league. I mean, oh, even yeah. though the Raiders haven't really been all that relevant, all of a sudden, obviously, last year, a breakthrough to actually get back to the postseason is ahead in the right direction and the addition of Devontae Adams. But it's like the Cowboys. You know, the Cowboys haven't been to a conference championship game since 1995 season. Are they still relevant? Of course they are. They're the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you, you want ownership of the Raiders that has that kind of financial impact – they can maximize a brand that's very valuable to this league. The Raiders are still a valuable brand to this league. 100%, yes. And they need that. So, uh, all right, uh, I, coming up, I want to get to, uh, obviously, the games tomorrow. want to get your picks. By the way, are we up to date on the USFL? I, I have to give you my picks now because i got to – Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, well, let's yeah. do this right now. Okay. You, you, you've already started giving us your lean, taking Dallas in the points uh, against uh, Phoenix, but which way are you leaning right now with Boston, a five-point favorite at home I, against the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah, I would take the Bucks plus the five. The under has been pretty profitable in this series. It's hit four out of six nights, um, and that feels like 
a play I would I would go to in Game Seven. It's kind of the game gets a little bit tighter. You know, maybe there's a, a little bit of a pucker in. Uh, it's a uh, wow, it's a two oh nine. Never mind. Wow, that's low. Oh yeah. boy, it was like a two twelve earlier mm-hmm, in the week, two fourteen. Mm-hmm. 209. Oh, geez. No, I'm not taking the, I'm not taking the under there. I'm actually go over if it's at two. I see 207 at circa. Right. 206 and a half. Wow. Um, yeah, I lean Milwaukee plus the five. I'll take the points in these game sevens. Because again, the, the important part to me and the reason I'm taking the points is that the best player is on the road team, right? So mm-hmm. we have Giannis and we have Luca. Now, the, the Suns and, and, and Celtics are better teams and they're at home than their opponents. But in a game seven, I feel more comfortable putting my money on the best player because I think they will keep the game close. The earlier game, Milwaukee and Boston, I don't know who wins that game. I think like Phoenix wins game seven, but it's a closer game, and I, and, and I get that cover. All right. Uh, 108 you shot yesterday is what you're saying, 108? Oh, it was bad. Yeah, it was a 108. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's not going to get any better. Uh, by the way, what's more <laughs> likely to happen tomorrow in the USFL, the Stallions staying undefeated or the Maulers staying winless? Um, I took the Stallions. I took the under in the Maulers game. Okay, there it is right there. All right, Jeff, very good. Uh, lots to talk about. In fact, on the other side, I want to jump in with our resident Raider, Danny G, get his thoughts on this huge story in the New York Times that maybe has uncovered some unseemly business going on at the hands of the owner of the Raiders. Coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Steve Harvin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. I want to thank the guys today. The real Don Brown is here. Now, Don, let me get this straight. Did you did you actually want to be here today? Because, you know, usually Iowa Sam is sitting across from me. How did this work out today? Because I, I read about this exchange between you and Sam. What happened here? Yeah, no, I, I'm just going to an event later uh, this evening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just cashed in a favor. There it is. All right. Did he get much resistance from Sam, or he's like, "Oh yeah, oh no, he he, he was uh mm-hmm. he was very he was very willing, very oh, willing." I'm Don. It's always great <laughs> to see you, man. Appreciate you hanging out here. All good stuff. Well, Don's had to help Sam with like ten weddings. So. He has. I mean, and Sam's got that other part. weddings coming up. 
You know, he's just showing up at weddings now. He's like the wedding <laughs> crasher, right? He just sort of shows up at weddings. If there's anything locally, just shows up, even if it's unannounced. Well, good stuff, Don, as always. I want to thank the great Ralph Irvin, of course, giving us all the insight as he does with his brilliant updates. And, uh, well, Danny G., our producer, I, I got to talk to you, Danny, about this whole, because uh, you just uh, gave me the heads up on this New York Times story here, uh, again, trying to dismantle uh, the Raiders. I mean, it's a hatchet job, big time. Yeah. They call um, it a hit piece in the business. Yeah, it's a definite hit piece. But I, because I worked for this organization, I do actually have some insight. And I, I've shared, Danny, plenty of stories with you over the years of my, my time with the Raiders organization. <clears throat> they certainly have a different way of doing things. Let's put it that way. But there's a clear separation, and I'm gathering from this story, there's always been a clear separation of the football operation and the front office. It's not that way with, I think, a lot of teams. I, I, I've been around enough teams over the years where there seems to be a connection between front office people and the football side of things. But with the Raiders, at the insistence of Al Davis and apparently carried on here by what's going on with Mark Davis, uh, you know, Danny, there seems to be that idea that – they are two separate entities. Yeah, Mark has definitely gathered some enemies <laughs> the past couple yes. of years, especially. And it does feel like the NFL would love to push his family name out. Obviously, we have a lot of respect for what his dad did. There would be no NFL as we know it without Al. Uh, thank God it is the front office the issue there, not football operations. But reading that hit piece... It does feel like some of it, they're stretching their arms. The three reporters that did this, they're stretching as far as they can because they're even reaching back to some stuff that was settled back in 2017. But one thing I read that did bother me was how they treated one of the scouts. I, I didn't like that. This, there was a scout where he went uh, on a leave because his wife was about to have their baby and he got fired because of that because it happened during the season. Um you know, other than that, though, there was nothing illegal in this article. They don't point to anything illegal that the Raiders did. All right. Well, let's let's bring up. Let me yeah. when I when I talk about loyalty. See, this is the one. See, thing yeah, that's that, the part that, that bothers was, me. This was this this is one of the reasons that ultimately I made the decision to leave my position with the Raiders because I was, you know, young. I just turned thirty. I've been with the organization. It was my fifth season, and it was obvious that they had me on a track to continue to move up the ranks in the organization. Um, but I also knew this because. Uh, and I'm going to guess that Mark Davis, based on some of the conversations we're hearing from these former employees, there came a point with the Raiders, working for the Raiders, where they would sort of push you to the limits in terms of loyalty, where if you cross that line, your credibility anywhere outside the Raiders would be in question. In other words, it's sort of like you are branded a Raider. And there's no going back. And I always felt like at the end, I was sort of, you know, on that high wire act, like, is this what I want to do with the rest of my life? Because if I want to go there, I can. But is there life away from the Raiders? And I decided to jump off and, and move on into a whole new venture. Um, and from what I'm reading here, that's basically it. Most of these people that were let go were in some way, at least in the mind of Mark Davis, not being loyal to the Raiders. Yeah, that they were about their own personal situation as opposed to their unabashed loyalty, and that I guess is something he was, you know, with his father. Because when you worked for Al Davis, believe me, if there was a hint, even a hint, of dissent or anything against the organization, gone. 
Gone. <laughs> Forget it. You were history. But then on the other hand, what happened with you when you left the team? Ten years later, you run into Al Davis and... He could not have been nicer. But by that time, he knew, A, I was not working for another team. As I told him the day I left, that I was going to... I gave my two-week notice that I had no plans to work for another organization. I was just going to pursue other career opportunities. I had no clue what they were going to be. But yeah, once I got into broadcasting and everything else, and I crossed paths with Mr. Davis from that point on, he was my biggest fan. He could not have been any nicer to me. Um, and he was rooting me on uh, big time. So, uh, But I think part of it was I, I held a certain loyalty to him, which I feel to this day. But... I don't know. I mean, when we talk about loyalty in an organization and, you know, you know, trumpeting the company brand, is that a bad thing? Should you expect that from your employees? Even if certain members of the front office may be doing things that you don't personally find all that savory. I mean, where do you draw the line? Yeah. I mean, there's two businesses that we've all worked for. One where they like that family vibe and they try to have it as a family type thing. Yeah. And then the other one where everyone is kept on their toes. Right. Like you're not, your job's not safe because they want everyone to hustle like that. And that's how Al was, right? Al was very much, he, he as I said, his he had actually said to me, the key to this organization is disorganization. He never wanted you to feel comfortable. And you never did. You always felt like you were walking on eggshells. Like, if I were talking to members of the media, which was my job, many times Mr. Davis say, what did you talk to him about? I'm like, I'm talking about the game? I mean, what do you what do you think I'm talking about? What did you, did you talk about this? I'm like, no. I mean, why are you asking me these questions, right? So he would sorry keep you on edge. But uh, there's no doubt that this is another brewing story right now uh, around the National Football League, the fate of the Raiders. So we'll keep our eyes on that. By the way, for all your sports news, you're here. Don't go anywhere because we've got everything in store for you. This is Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.